Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is good to be back. What'd I miss? Bunch of Jazz losses, and now a major injury. Not only did the Jazz get dominated in Minnesota, but they lose Joe Ingles. It looked like a real serious knee injury. Now, how long is he out for? And get the definitive word with MRI today. I think uh, a lot of us, you, me, whoever you're uh, commuting with, I don't know. Uh, we looked at that and thought, ooh, that looks like it's season ending. So we'll see if they uh, give the worst possible news or if somehow maybe it's not quite that bad. Doesn't seem to be the way to bet, but I guess until all hope is gone, hold on to a little hope, right? It did not look good, though. It did not look good at all. And the Jazz lose again, and that's five in a row. Donovan Mitchell, maybe he's close to getting back, though. He was listed as questionable for the game before they declared him out. Rudy Gobert didn't play either, so not good times for the Jazz. A lot of you didn't even watch the game because you were busy watching the NFL playoffs and two more really good playoff games. Four last weekend, two this weekend. And wild card was kind of ho-hum. There weren't, the Raider-Bengal game was good, and the Niner-Cowboy game was good, and the rest of them were terrible. But now we've had six good games in a row. Six great games in a row. Joe Burrow and the Bengals on the road, 18 down, and they come back to win the game. It seemed that once Kansas City wrecked that series at the end of the half, where they have first and goal, and they run two plays, and, and I thought they had time to run two quick hitters and still kick the field goal. But when you throw the second one to Tyreek Hill at the five-yard line inbounds, and that's the end of the half. Nothing else. That was a bad decision. A quick slant into the end zone, something like that, where you either score or it's incomplete real quick, and then you can kick the field goal. They certainly missed those three points. And then they just couldn't do anything right in the second half. And they'd scored on their first three possessions leading up to that, and that just flipped the game. So Joe Burrow, can he win the college title and the NFL title? The only two, and of course the college title is always a little murky and polls and all that, but Joe Namath did it. And Joe Montana did it. And now Joe Burrow could be the third, and they all have the first name Joe. That's kind of a weird deal. But they got to beat the Rams to do it. The Rams got the Niners down 10. They rally and win, which is interesting because last time they blew a 17-point lead. This time they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. They had the ball three times. Well, like I said, four because they did the kneel down. But touchdown, field goal, field goal, and then get the ball back and just kneel down and run out the clock. Heck of a fourth quarter from the Rams. Tremendous. And I know they were the home team, but man, it didn't look like it. There were a lot of Niner fans there, and they were loving life up 17-7. But the Rams do everything right down the stretch, and the Niners don't. And now we'll see if they switch quarterbacks. It seems like that's where it's going. Garoppolo didn't have a great fourth quarter. On that last possession, he was under a ton of ton of heat. I think the thing for the Niners I'll always wonder is, should they have gone for it fourth and two at about the Ram 45? And they punted the ball, and they had a chance to intercept the intercept uh, Stafford on the first play. And they drop it. And sure enough, then he hits on a big play, and they give up a penalty and a field goal, and everything falls apart. But it's good football. And now we'll see Bengals and Rams. Uh, Rams have won a Super Bowl once, although not in L.A. They were playing in St. Louis when they did it. And the Bengals are 0-2. So we'll see what happens with that game coming up uh, in two weeks. We're going to take a break right now. we got the Best of Jazz postgame show coming up later. But coming up next, uh, last week, BYU Athletics Director Tom Holman met with the media and covered a lot of topics. Talked for like 45 minutes. We're not going to play the whole thing next, but we're going to play a big chunk of it. And he touched on a lot of things. Uh, PK asked him about the budgets in the, in the Big 12 and where is he going to rank. And Tom went into, well, you really need to break it down because, you know, where do you – 
rank in spending per sport? And then inside a sport, you know, where do you rank as far as compensating assistants or recruiting budgets? And everybody does have slightly different challenges there. Um, so Tom gets into all of that. And then the scheduling stuff's real interesting. Playing in state schools. How long will it be before you can put them back on the schedule? How's he going to decide which contracts to get out of and which contracts to uh, stay with here in these first three or four league years in the league when they had uh, 12-game schedules, if not 12, certainly 9 or 10-game schedules built. I mean, they had 12 for 2023. But he said they're really about four or five years here where they're pretty full. And there's some contracts that are easy to get out of. Some are expensive. Some are real difficult. Uh, some of the contracts... You know, the date set when normally you'd be playing conference games in October and November. How much will the Big 12 work with them on that? And he still seems to be hedging on eight or nine games. I, I would think they're going to end up playing nine. But we'll see. Maybe not. Um, they're not the only ones who want to play in-state rivals. You know, Iowa, Iowa State, I'm sure Iowa State wants to keep that game going. And I bet a bunch of the Texas schools want to play Texas and Texas A&M. So they might want to see what they can work out there. Houston has played Rice historically. TCU has played SMU. We'll see if those series continue on. I don't know if they're married to those. But I think that they'll definitely want to play Texas and Texas A&M if they can. So we'll see how all this shakes out. We'll hear from Tom Holmo next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time now to listen in. Tom Homo, 45-minute press conference with the media. Here he is. Appreciate you all coming out here for today. Um, the semi-ill event is something that I felt was important uh, a couple years ago because now with the way media is, it's a lot different. There's media every single day, um, social, and comes out, and there's so many topics that you could talk about, and I really can't, I just don't feel it's good for me, it's not my style, to address things on a daily basis, which you all have to do. And I respect that you do, (laughs) and I apologize for not being there every day. But I think we have a good enough relationship where, you know, you all come around every once in a while and can ask me something, and I want to be able to help. This is an opportunity to kind of catch up or look forward and Hopefully, um, I'll be able to answer the questions the best that I can um, and that, to, that you'll be able to feel good about it. Good opportunity. I'll just start by saying it's been a, a really fun year, exciting year for our student-athletes and our coaches and our teams. It's been a lot of really great performances. And here we are um, kind of on the crest of jumping into uh, the Big 12 and that, with that will come a lot of changes. So there's a lot of exciting things, and those will be some of the questions I'm sure will come up as we project changes to the big, uh, for the Big 12. And then just, um, you know, there's a lot of things in the world of college athletics that are going on that need to be addressed and are, will be talked about. I probably will have an opinion on a lot of things, but some of the things that are going on right now I'm watching it just like you, and we'll talk about those. So without any further ado, we can just jump into some questions. What's the status? Where would you say you're at as far as the transition-wise, just as far as generally getting ready for to go to the Big 12? Well, a transition, I think that um, we, when the, the day that it was announced that we're in the Big 12, People celebrated like crazy, like we had arrived. My first thing was, oh, no, you know, we have so much work to do. I really don't know on a, on a clock if, it were, if we're at 2 o'clock or 11 o'clock. It just seems to me like there's a lot of work to do and a very little time. You, you just, the more you think about and, and you project what you need and what needs to change and what needs to stay the same, there's a lot of strategy involved. 
you, the day will come when we play our first game and we won't be as, be as ready as we can be. But we just want to be as close to that as possible. What are some of the biggest areas where you think that you have the most to catch up on going into the next year? You know, I kind of said this a little bit. I'm, I'm being a coach, former coach and former player. I kind of just look at the matchups. You know, I don't. It sound, might sound silly, or you might not understand that, but we we play in a in conferences that are not P5 conferences forever. And. I remember when I played here many years ago in late 70s and early 80s, we play a lot of really great teams. We play P5 teams. They weren't called that at the time. And uh, those, those are where you see the matchups a little bit differently. And so I think it starts the way I look at it. And as I talk to our coaches and our student athletes, that's what it'll be around. I'm already talking with the coaches. I, wanna, I want them to f- be focused on what they're doing now, but we have to plan to project and so there are a lot of conversations that are going on right now with the coaches, a lot of planning. Not, I don't get into the intricacies of the matchups, but that's what I want them to do. And so if you talk about matchups, a lot of it would come down to recruiting. You know, are we going to be able to match up with talent? I think there's some other aspects of matchups would be, like, how are our facilities? Uh, are we going to be able to provide great training Opportunities. I think you could look at nutrition and sports science is a new thing. So we're just trying to look at all of the things that will put our student athletes in the best position. It's not like I think we're deficient. We just need to know the areas that we can upscale. During those uh, Big 12 meetings recently in, in Vegas, what were some of the key talking points that were discussed? The Vegas meetings, um, I think they were pretty general. There weren't a lot of specifics about it. They had some probably pretty typical annual decisions and discussions that had to take place. But the four schools that were coming into the Conference of 23 were invited. So I really don't think that there was anything in that that was, you know, cataclysmic or where we're going to go. We haven't talked about schedules. I think this spring there'll be some meetings where we'll get a little bit more down into the nitty-gritty of how and what we're doing differently. You know, Some things still need to be um, determined as for entry times and exit times for some of the schools. And so that's going to get a little tricky closer as we get to those, op- those dates. Excluding uh, Oklahoma and Texas, do you have an idea what your overall athletic budget is going to be compared to the, the, the new teams coming in and the existing teams in the Big 12? And then also specifically, what do you think it would rank football-wise? I, th- I think that it's a, it's a really good question. We're, tr- we're not going to try to jump up and create some budget based on where the rank would be. It gives you kind of an indication of what their budget might be, and you can get it. It's all public information. But it's interesting to look at Oklahoma and Texas, and it's interesting to look at BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, excuse me, where, and then look at the, the members that will be staying. I think all of those numbers are important. I like looking, like right now, if you were to just take football, we're spending a lot of time on football and the, the actual organization of the football program. 
coach, coaching changes. That doesn't change. But there's maybe support staff. And you can look at anybody along in any of those groups or teams that I mentioned, and you'll see different titles. But you won't know really what the job description is. And you'll see different numbers. And that's where I'm saying that's kind of the – the strategy is that's kind of a matchup too. Are we going to be able to match Oklahoma or Kansas? If you look at Kansas basketball operation, are we do, are we, do we think we're going to just go right to the top? Where do we go? Well, I'm talking about in terms of uh, structure. And the answer is no. That's where we have to be smart enough and strategic enough to try to get to the point where we feel we're best to start. And then we may overshoot or be way under. But you want to be as close to where you think is right for BYU. And that's what we're doing right now, Patrick. Along those lines, Tom, the balance, I know that the BYU athletic budget is separate from tithing dollars and the church affiliation in that sense. You, you, you work in your own with your own buckets, but how does that impact things, the connection with the church? Does it have any impact in how budget is viewed, how it's approached, or is it all separate? Well, our, our budget will increase. For one, we think that we'll have to step up for support-wise, structure-wise, like I've just mentioned. And then the revenue streams will obviously be bigger. That's not a surprise or a secret. So I think that what we're trying to do is make the best use of the revenue that will be new and the existing revenue. Like I said before, I think that if you're going to just throw money at a number, it might not be as efficient as if you spend money really in this area to strengthen something that we really need help on. And there's some areas that we might not be in the top um, quartile of the Big 12. And there's other where we'll want to be up at the top. And it might not be necessarily comparing ourselves against an individual school. So you're not talking about a matchup school to school in all cases, but in some you will. Are there any individuals that maybe you're leaning on in this process to, to maybe give you guidance to help transition from one situation to a new leader? Yeah, we have uh, consultants that we work with. I'd rather not throw the names out right now because <laughs> then they'll, you'll go to them. <laughs> but uh, we have some really good, strong BYU alums and friends of BYU that um, have expertise in this area. I also have used some of my um, peers and friends in the business that have been through this before. So we're not doing it blindly. We're not doing it on our own, but we're using resources that we feel will benefit us. We can't do it alone. And you noted facilities earlier. Uh, are there plans for facility upgrades between now and when the Big 12 starts? No, not before now. When it's Before it starts, we're two years away. Uh, you could probably build a building between now and two years, but you probably, uh, probably wouldn't be as good as you'd want. I think right now where we're at with facilities is trying to look at uh, a kind of a master plan and where we could be five or ten years from now. That's how far out you'd have to go in order to build some things that would be right. You're, but you could say, like, nutrition, that's not necessarily a facility where you're building a new facility, but you could be upgrading your existing facilities. So I think there's a range from adjustments and maybe edits to new, new structures. You know, as far as non-conference football, whether it's in-state schools or whomever it might be, 
Do you have any priorities that you want to keep the series going? Yeah, I think I think so. <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't compare, um, you know, schools in state. That's what you asked, but yeah. I'd say yes for the in-state schools. I think that's important. We have a we have a really good tradition of playing the in-state schools, but in the for the at least the initial part of our schedule, we're, we won't be able to in some areas. We're still trying to figure that out early in. We're taking, I'm taking eight or nine teams and removing them from schedules beginning in 23. And we're scheduled out probably 26, 27 fully. And so for those years, we're going to take all out. We're trying to take teams out, not add teams. And so would we want to play Utah and Utah State? Yes. I'll comment on those because those are in-state. We have some other teams that we've had rivalries with and have good good played more than others. Um, you could look at other schools and like um, Boise State, the Pac-12. We've had some real good rivalries and we have scheduled games. Those are decisions that still need to be made as to when we can get back and how we will get back. Will it be a consistent every year rivalry where we're playing a rivalry game every year? You've seen that. I'd say the answer would be no. You've seen that change in the past to where it's not every year. But I think I said this, and I can remember. You can go look in your old old columns. But I remember when um, Utah first determined that they wanted to play a a non-conference game, and it would uh, mean that we wouldn't be able to play a game. And my, I think our fans got a little angry with me that I wasn't so upset about it. But I knew that the time would come that if we got into a Power Five conference, we'd be in the same situation. And we are. And so I, I just knew how difficult it would be for Chris at the time, Chris Hill, to make that change. And that's the situation we're in right now. So I, I, I can comprehend how it was and where it's going. As you, as you look through this and you go through subtracting certain teams from future schedules, what's the criteria you're using in terms of, okay, this is one we want to keep, this is one that we, how, how do you? Well, I, I, th- I mean, that's a really good question. And there's a couple different answers. The criteria would be, that, you know, first of all, first and kind of foremost is go to Kalani and say, okay, people have, either been very happy or very critical about the schedules from independence, depending on the year and how it was or in general. But I would say that now we have an opportunity. We're going to play a conference schedule. And so you're either going to have three or four up games now. So a way more different strategy. And they'll come in at the times determined by the conference. So you're probably going to have all those games up front. You know, it depends on, we haven't determined that in the Big 12 yet. So there's a little bit different, it's a totally different strategy now. But playing a Big 12 schedule every year, those games will be determined by strength, where you're playing them. And right now, it's a little bit different in 23 because you got to get rid of a bunch of them. And so some of the one of the determining factors is the contract and the terms of the contract. Can you literally get rid of the game? And some of them you can't. And some of them you can with a fee, and others you can without a fee. 
And so depending on the year and when the what the contract says, those are all factors. I mean, I think that's way too deep, but that that kind of gives you a picture of people are going to go, why didn't you just take this one out? This would have been better, but there's three or four factors for each one of those years. What's your preference for number of conference games, eight or nine? You know, it's not my preference. It's Kalani. He's a coach of the football team, and I, I really think it comes down to that. Um, we are studying. You know, when you're talking about that, you get you want more games for the conference, which can can have an effect on the revenue of your TV budget. Or do you want more non-conference games, which does allow you to have, you know, rivalry games, and you know, those are other revenue streams. You know, like I hate, I hate saying talking about revenue all the time, but it's going to come into play in some of these decisions. It won't be the primary factor, but if we don't think about those things, and even if determining what BYU thinks, we're now in a conference. You know, we're we're one of a number of members that will make that determination based on the, you know, total majority of the people in that conference that what they want to do. How would you describe your relationship with uh, Bob Bowlesby so far? Oh, very good. I've known Bob for a long time, and I remember I was at Stanford, went down to see him one time, and that was probably the first time that we really were able to communicate and converse about college athletics and specific items that ADs work through. And then I was able to see him in um, some official capacities when he was the commissioner of the Big 12, and I was involved in other associations or committees and such. So I've known him for a while, and it's just been really a smooth transition to chat with him now, being in his conference. With the Pac-12 having Notre Dame essentially as the 13th team uh, in October and November with the Stanford SC thing, you guys have slid in there a few times, like as recently as last year, depending on which team. Uh, Do you know if the Big 12 would allow you to do that, or would it be you got to do it, non-conference got to be early? We don't know that. Um, that's a decision that the conference would have to make, not necessarily Bob Bowlesby. I've communicated with Bob about it, and it's one of the equa- one of the things that'll go into the determination of how we do those schedules. Because there are times where we'll slip those uh, teams in, and it's it's been a, be- a great benefit as an independent. It's not as essential as being a member in a conference. Do you know where the Big Twelve stands on playoff expansion? Um, well, not other than what I've read from Bob, I think it's his personal opinion as um, one of the people on the board of the CFP. And he said he's it's, I, I haven't talked to him because I've read it in the paper that he's saying he likes it. Expansion. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion on that? I, I like the expansion. I mean, right now. I'm kind of being a realist that with the delay in the expansion, as it's kind of been put on the back burner, there may have to be some tweaks, but I still think that it should go beyond where it is right now. I'd probably be willing to accept some other things that if it weren't 12. But there's, I have always felt all along that when they said 12, they didn't come around with how it was going to be with the bowls. And, and that, that was just a a preliminary 
hey, we're looking at this, and there was a lot of work to do, but now it seems to have been, like I said, it's stopped. It's paused. And I think right now, when you see how they work with the Bulls and how you do those playoff games and how you work in home games, I think this just hasn't been discussed enough. So I'm not really totally disappointed that it's on the back burner. I think that it will come back with a clear, a more clear model of how it should be, and how it'll be. I think it'll be more palatable for you know all the participants, which that's what it comes down to. If you're in the CFP, you want to feel good about it. You're going to get all everybody on board with the same thing. No way. But I think it'll be more palatable. Right now, there's just too many people that have varying different opinions. Um, I know you've uh, Bell Edwards Stadium. You've upgraded a lot over there with the wireless and the fan experience. Are there any more upgrades coming? Maybe in terms of more seats or not seating, but more uh, the what do you call the chair seats? Yeah, I think that's we're looking at more kind of more hospitality and amenity areas. There's some things that we hope to do. We don't really have immediate expansion plans we as long as i'm the ad we're not putting um, seats in the corners i think it's silly to put seats in the worst part that those would be the last seats to be bought um i think that really right now the supply and demand is going to be about right where but we need to like it's it's interesting how I used to have these great conversations with Glenn Tuckett, our former athletic director, and he would kid me and you know jostle me about when I was the athletic director, we had one sign, one sponsor in the stadium is KSL, one sponsor, and now it looks like a NASCAR. <laughs> and I'm like, Glenn, it's super expensive to run an athletic department, not like it was when you were running it. I guess... Like right now, you can't just have a game. The fans expect entertainment and experiences. Everybody is part of it, and so do I. And so when I go to a pro game or another college game, I'm impressed by the experience. So that's what we've been trying to do is is do that. So I think we'd probably use our finances and resources more focused in the overall experience for the fans. We've done some things outside the stadium in recent years, and now we'll, we'll focus on some of the things that we can do that, I'm not going to say quick fixes, but things that we could do immediately that would be beneficial to our fans. When the decision was made um, to join the Big 12, how have you seen... The each individual program on campus and then the athletic department as a whole, how have you seen this rejuvenate everybody? I don't really think it has. I, I honestly don't think that. They don't talk about it very much, the student-athletes. The coaches aren't, like, giddy. The coaches are serious about it. But I'm just really excited and proud that our coaches and players are focused on the here and the now. And, like, I told them that the way we're going to get in to the Big 12 is to be really good at what we do. And there were times in the last number of years where we weren't great. I think this, but prior to getting in, we started making a real turn towards excellence. Every one of our programs, I think, started to focus more. And I think recruiting was better and development was better. And our performance was better. We really have top-notch kids and coaches right now. And it, can it get better? Yeah. But I, I think their focus right now on what we're doing 
in the West Coast Conference, or you know, some of our teams are independent or in other conferences that are not, like Mountain Pacific, Mountain Rim for gymnastics. And um, I, I think there's probably um, a little bit of a peripheral feel or effect, but I, don't, I can't think that all of a sudden people are saying, we're going into the Big 12, we're going to be better right now. I don't see it. I just think that they're they're really um, they're mature kids that want success. They want to meet their goals, and they're getting after it better now. I think the coaches are more focused, not because of the Big Twelve, but they're at that point in the development of their teams that they're just better. Have your coaches mentioned to you a difference in perception from recruits since that? Yeah, there's no question. The recruiting is totally different. I, I want to separate those. I think our recruits understand that. We, we, I don't think there's any question that we lost recruits in the past because we weren't a member of a uh, Power Five conference. And some of those recruits had offers to play in a P5 conference. And now that can't be the argument. Now, you could say they, they you know, will have to compete as a Big 12 to be a strong conference. You can see right now that there's levels of difference in the Power Five conferences. And that's something that we're now going to be part of is, is competing as a conference, as the Big 12, to accentuate the strength of that conference. It's based on observation and talking to some coaches. It's kind of an odd question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, I got the impression that there's been a little bit of um, maybe leniency on winning standards and some other things, honor code-wise. <clears throat> Could you address that? Um, I don't know specifically what you would be addressing, but I think it's a good question. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, the Big 12 or anything specific to athletics. I think it has – and, and I'll, I'll address one thing in particular. I might get in trouble here, John, so pull me off if, I, if, I'm, if I'm out on a limb. But – like I'm just going to say, like there's the honor code and the dress and grooming standards, and I think that there's you know as the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints grows and is in every land that you're going to find a lot of cultures that have hairdos and other things that are different hairstyles I should say, and other things that are quite different than the BYU dress and grooming standard, and I think that. If, if, have we been a little bit more lenient in that area? The answer is yes. I think so. I don't think that has to do with athletics. No. Uh, but I do think that you'll see it with athletics before you'll see it on campus. Right. But if you walk through our campus, you'll see some of the things that you might see different in athletics that you go, wait, is that, can they do that? Where it's happening on campus. But you'll see it, and it might have started in athletics. There's Tom Homo. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post-game show. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz lose in Minnesota. Five straight losses, and Joe Ingles hurts his knee. It looked really bad. We'll hear something official later today, but it did not look good at all. Let's get to the best of the post-game show. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. The Jazz lose uh, on the road last night to the Timberwolves 126-106. to 106. Jake Scott with you. Tough night for the Jazz. Uh, Joe Ingles goes down uh, with an knee injury in the first half. It did not look good. He's having an MRI done on the knee this morning. Should have some news uh, hopefully sometime during uh, DJ and PK uh, here this morning. If not, uh, stay tuned to 
Jake and Ben. <laughs> Quick plug from 10 to noon. But, uh, man, just cast a dark cloud over last night's game. The Jazz uh, struggled, uh, missing Donovan and Rudy, of course, and then uh, the injury with Joe. Jazz fought hard in the first half, but were outscored in the third quarter 40-27. to They lose 126-106. to Let's get some sound going. Alex Jensen filled in for Coach Quinn Snyder last night as Coach Snyder is in uh, COVID protocols. Here's what uh, Alex Jensen had to say after the game. We talked to Joe. Are, are, are there any updates on his decision? You know, I saw him at halftime, but I think we're not going to know until tomorrow. I mean, he probably saw the replay. doesn't look good. So, you know, feel bad for him, but hopefully it's better than better than we all think. So, yeah, I don't. I think we'll find out tomorrow when he gets all the whatever the tests. Obviously, I, I'm, there's got to be a mood hit when something like that happens. Um, what, did the guys seem like that kind of brought them down a little bit coming out of halftime? You know, I think, yeah, losing, you know, yeah, losing Joe obviously I think has an effect on our guys. I think we had a little bit of lift at the beginning, but, you know, it kind of compounds to their things, but no excuses. We had some good stretches and, you know, put a lot of, a lot of guys in situations that they weren't used to, but, you know, give Chris, Chris good, give him credit for the, the game plan. It's the fourth time we played. He's had a different team every time and, and did a good job. When you lose somebody like, you know, Joe mid game, how does it affect you guys? You know, not even physically, just kind of mentally and emotionally. I think the the first thing, I, well, for me, you worry about Joe, right? Like you hope, because that's, you wouldn't want to see that happen to anybody, let alone one of your own guys. But I think it's, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, but I think, like I said, we had a little bit of a lift to go, but yeah, it's not, not easy to lose. Lose a guy like Joe, especially when you're already down a few guys just given that you know everything that's happened this month between you know starting with well joe getting covid and then kind of spiraling from there various concussions other injuries um do you guys kind of like take a look at like a whole month like that and just kind of like how do you how do you get over a stretch like this going forward well, I mean, there's not, you know, I told the guys after the game, I said, you know, we can all feel sorry for ourselves and there's plenty of, of excuses to point to, but, you know, it's something that we have to, we can use it as something that makes us better. Like it's one thing Coach Schneider's talked about, like these stretches, you know, two one or two things to teams, but I, and I think there have been some good things, but you got to use it to give other guys opportunities, but use it to, to, you know, learn a lesson or two that can help you later in the season. There's Alex Jensen filling in for Coach Snyder last night as he's in uh, COVID protocols. Let's now move on to the players. Let's now hear from Mike Conley. Does it feel like you guys just can't catch a break right now? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously the, the loss hurts a lot, but um, Joe, you know, it's, that took a lot out of guys um, seeing him you know, tears in his eyes, just, you know, you know how much this means to him and this game means to him and, um, and what we mean to him, you know, so it's like, you know, it's tough, but, you know, not everything is supposed to be easy. Um, we understand that this will build, build even more character for us, you know, this adversity that we're going through and, um, you know, you just pray for Joe and hope that, you know, it's, as minimal as possible and um, that he recovers as quickly as possible and that our team can recover and, you know, as a group, as a unit and figure out how to, how to keep moving forward. 
were you able to see him and or interact with him at all during halftime? Yeah, we uh, at halftime we were able to we found him in the X-ray room. Um, obviously, it was he was uh, in a tough state, and just everybody came in there, told him you know we loved him, gave him a hug, and told him we're gonna keep fighting. He's gonna keep keep trying to go forward for him. That's what he wanted for us. So. Um, Obviously, we didn't come out on the, the end that we wanted to on that end, but uh, I was proud of the way, you know, guys who had to step, had to come in for him and step in for, for Joe um, came out and played hard. How do you guys schematically, you know, deal with that uh, kind of going forward? Uh, his loss? Yeah. Um, well, uh, obviously, we, what Joe brings to our team, you know, the intangibles, his playmaking, his ability to find guys, his ability to space the floor, his high IQ. Um, it's tough to replace a guy like that. Uh, as a unit, you're going to have to rely on multiple people. It might not be the same guy every night. You might be Eli. It might be JB. It might be Trent. Um, Daniel House, obviously, um, missed him a little bit tonight as well. So um, as, a, as a collective unit, we're just going to have to try to find ways to – integrate guys into into a role that um, fits them better that they can be the best they can be and, and ultimately help our team how one how difficult is it to kind of get past you know an incident like that you know seeing him hurt that bad in the moment as you know the game starts up again right afterwards and two as you know joe's a guy who's never had a significant injury during his nba career what do you kind of say to him to kind of help him through that yeah, um, it's always tough when you a guy that's love like you know Joe, a teammate. Um, you know, especially in, in my shoes as a as a vet. You know, you see a lot of a lot of things happen throughout your years, and you know at your later stages in your career, you know you've given everything you have to this game, and that's not how you want to be. You know, dealing with something like that at you know at thirty three, thirty four years old, and. Um, you know, in the moment, you just you try to stay in the moment. You try to stay focused and help guys through it because you know a lot of guys are going to be feeling something. But um, ultimately, just just uh, you know, understand it, let him know that you you know love him and believe in him and all that uh, in the moment and go back to hooping. But um, you know, just telling him, you know, keep his head up. You know, he's a strong dude. He's he's a reason why he played so many games in a row, and um, he's going to be back stronger. Whatever the issue is ultimately and and uh, you know just be positive through the whole through the whole ordeal mike conley 22 points five assists four rebounds a lot of thoughts about joe ingles of course that was the big story of the game joe going down with an injury uh up next uh let's now hear from boyan bogdanovich it's pretty pretty bad just to see him in a and I hope he's not bad as he looks right now. So, especially for, for our team as well. It's hard to kind of come out of halftime and find the emotion and energy to be able to play when you take that big hit. I mean, it was. It was actually. I mean, we were thinking about him for all whole second half, about trying to trying to get information because he was. He was moved by a couple, couple doctors in here, but uh, like I said, I mean, pretty, a little pretty bad, but uh, like I said, I hope, I hope that I'm right tomorrow to show that it's not. 
I don't know why now he was our our second second ball handler. He's like he's playing the most football. After after Mike, he was trying. He was involving all of all of us. So that that also kind of kind of hurt us a lot of a lot of turnovers in our in the third quarter because we didn't have him over there handling handling the ball. But uh, I mean tough loss, but. Uh, but to lose to lose draw at this point of the, of the season, especially when we are when we are playing better and we need every every single guy. I mean, it's pretty pretty sick. Just in the way that Martin right on I mean, no matter what what Monday is, right now we are still missing missing Donovan. Donovan already Joe hurt as well. So at this point, it's more more most important thing for us is to, to get healthy and get uh, as much as guys that we that we can. Yeah, healthy. Like we, we saw you kind of went off the other night and for the short table and I. Uh, that what it is. It's uh, my favorite structure, but I don't want to. I need a very spring, even if it's part of me, but I don't want to talk about, about my injury or especially the, the way I'm playing. Uh, but I'm not shooting, so I, I don't need I don't need any excuse. All of us that got a man up and, 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 and play better, play a bit, way better than we are playing right now. Is there any, is there any uh, concern about standings? We're in for Dallas is full within the game, Denver's full within like a game. You know, so, you know, over more than Foss if you guys are in the six and you know, like three and a half up on seven. I mean, the way that we are, that we are hurt right now, it's it's, it's our our injuries, and we got down with the with the COVID right now. So, so we got a six six or seven game stretch at, at home right now. It's it's time to get a to get a couple of W's and, 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 and make separation. But like I said, more important to get healthy and, and be healthy for the. There's Boyan Bogdanovich who uh, busted out of his shooting slump. He uh, had 23 to lead the way for the Jazz last night, 7-11 shooting, 4 or 5 from 3, so he shot the ball really well. Let's now wrap up the player sound with Rudy Gay. Man, um, really tough, you know, so far. You know, he's one of our guys. You know, one of those guys you put in any situation and they make the best out of it. You know, he's a, not even just about basketball, he's having a, a lot of room. He's, he's, he's really good for us. Um, and, you know, he's still our guy. And um, no matter what the outcome of, or whatever happens, he's still going to be our guy. He's still going to be around. And, and, you know, what's just happening? What's the mindset for you guys? You got to be going forward, you know, dealing with something like this? Um... You know, I don't know. We have to go to the drawing board and figure it out. You know, we, we, you know, 
pumped if we have we had time to digest it. You know, we had a lot of guys out by injuries. Um, obviously, uh, it's being the most serious, but uh, we just need time to digest. And, and really, what we're going through right now is just building character for us. Feel like you guys can't really catch a break right now. That's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know, you have COVID, you have all these other things, all these other things going on, but the only strong survive. How difficult is it to go back down the second half? Um, it, it was tough, you know. It's tough to not have them out there just because we need as many bodies as we can. Um, but, you know, you know we, this is just our job. This is what we do. Um, we take it seriously. Um, we love Joe. We love Joe. We love what he does on the court. But, you know, you know, man to man, you know, we get to see that happen and we feel for him and want him to be healthy and play with us. But, you know, business-wise, we got to win. We got to find ways to win without him. Whatever period of time that may be. Yeah, just one more on the line. Like, you know, you know, now, obviously, you know, the next stage. You know, 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 like I said, you know, we're going to this now, and this is going to, it's going to make us tougher any longer. There's Rudy Gay in 17 minutes, five points, two of eight shooting, one of six from three, and uh, talking about how they've got to snap out of it. From playing, they're in survival mode now, according to Rudy Gay. The final 126 to 106. Jazz fall to the Timberwolves. Up, not, up next, the Jazz take on the Nuggets on Wednesday night ESPN game. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. Coming up next, more DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. There's the best of the post-game show. What is trending? All the headlines. Next. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Tries to answer that with a three and does. The drive, the layup, the score by Anthony Edwards. Towns the top. Shoots the three over the top. Hits again. 15th straight for Carl Anthony Towns. Towns attacks Rudy Gay, flying to the basket, puts a right-hander up. He just caught it, put his head down, and scored. I saw him at halftime, but I think we're not going to know until tomorrow. Saw the replay. Doesn't look good. Feel bad for him, but hopefully it's better than we all think. So, yeah, I don't. I think we'll find out tomorrow when he gets all the, whatever the tests. That's Alex Jensen, Jazz assistant coach, interim head coach, while Quinn Snyder is out with COVID protocols. And the Jazz lose to the Timberwolves by 20. And Joe Ingles' left knee gives out while he's driving to the hoop. He goes to the floor yelling, has to be helped off. It was ugly all the way around, PK. Uh, yeah, certainly was. No doubt about it. Yeah. Jazz have now lost five in a row. And they've now lost 11 out of 13. And they are tumbling towards the fifth and sixth place. Nuggets and Mavericks who are a game back. Well, I was, I was told all last week by Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe not to worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it, because it's going to happen <laughs> anyway. Right, Yuck? You're not stopping it. No, he was told all last oh, week. Oh, that's all good. Yeah. Just, just relax. It's all good. 
They'll yeah. get their guys back, and then they'll go on a roll. See, the, th- the thing about that is they were one of the last teams, if not the last team, where we heard, to be besieged by COVID and, and right. injuries, right? Yeah. So that would mean, by definition, that now, all the other teams... Have already had, gone through it. Right. So They've they, all taken a hit. They, now everybody's taking a hit, and it's even. Okay. But why do I assume that everything's going to be okay? Because when they weren't taking the hit, they were playing teams that were taking the hit. I mean, mm-hmm. all last night I heard, yeah. well, when we have our guys, we're going to be okay. How do I know that? Because when you had your guys, they didn't have their guys. Right. So you had an advantage built right. in. Yeah. So why can I assume that everything's going to be okay? when the, And obviously, Ingles isn't coming back anytime soon. It didn't look like it did. No. It. <laughs> uh, and that's unfortunate. I mean, they yeah. were going to lose that game with or without him. I mean, it sucks yep. for him. He's my guy. He's our guy. Yep. Uh, but they weren't going to win that game either way. Uh, and I just don't know that I can buy into, well, when they get their guys back, everything's going to be fine. I'm with you. And I'm the voice but, of reason, but baby. But you weren't with me last week. You <laughs> I deserted wasn't. me. I did. I feel I bad now. I needed you last week, <laughs> and you weren't here. That's a fact. And let me tell you. Yeah. You don't know what it's like <laughs> to have to go through a whole week without being able to make fun of you. Well, that's true. I was in withdrawal <laughs> by well, Thursday. Well, have at it. Yes. <laughs> you freaking nerd. You feel better? I'm starting to. Okay, good. It's a process. You got to, you know, trust the process. One or two days, you can't take a week. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I don't plan to until at least June. So how's that? And I don't know. Even that thing's up in the air. We'll see. So now is when we're supposed to tell you all kinds of good things and it's going to be okay. I guess the good news is three games in eight days here. Get healthy. Get your act together, get on a roll, because losing 11 out of 13, the Jazz are now as close to a playing game as they are to third place. Let that sink in. Off today, off tomorrow. Wednesday, it's the Nuggets, who are one game behind the Jazz. That game will be right here. Jazz will be going for uh, four in a row in a sweep of the season series. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Now posting is Anthony Davis working on Capello. Reverse layup is good. Little drop and spin and reverse for two. Trey Young pulls up. Three-pointer. Around the rim and in. Count it. A three-pointer for Trey Young. Right to left, Jackson. Circles around a few screens. Gets it back now for Morris on the left wing. Jackson tees up a deep left wing three and knocks it down. Reggie Jackson has money. Highlights from the NBA. You heard the Lakers there. LeBron James is out with a swollen knee. They don't have their guys. It'll be okay when they have their guys, PK. But the Lakers didn't have LeBron yesterday, and they lost again. Hawks get them, 129-121. to 121. The Jazz lost to Orlando earlier this year in Orlando, and the Magic, who aren't any good at all, got the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. Beat them 110-108 to keep the Mavericks a game behind the Jazz. The world champion Bucks got blown out by the Nuggets, 18 and 15 for Nikola Jokic. Nuggets roll 136 to 100. And the team that never flinches, PK, the Phoenix Suns, best record in the NBA. They win again. They beat the Spurs 115 to 110. They just keep doing what they keep doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Monty Williams to me is the runaway coach of the year. Going to coach the All Star team. 
You're going to coach uh, Team LeBron. I think he's going to be there on the bench. <laughs> and then just kind of let the game happen around him. I don't know if there's any such thing as coach the All-Star team. Or game. Then later he can get coach of the year. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU losing a couple games on the road. Pacific, who had a perfectly lousy 5-13 season going, got their win. They beat BYU 76-73. A furious rally in the last three minutes comes up short. Dueling held balls. A weird finish to that one. That was pathetic. Should have beaten Pacific in Stockton. I mean, they tripped all over themselves against uh, Santa Clara and then just, gosh, man. This is inexcusable. Two big road losses, and they're coming home to play USF and Gonzaga, who they split with on the road earlier this year. Who knew that uh, Baxter and Harwell were Abdul-Jabbar and Walton? (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Not Shaq and Akeem? Going way back. (laughs) Well, same team. Oh, UCLA guys. Okay. (laughs) They didn't play together, but... No. (laughs) Same program. The Utes, the losing streak, stretches out to 10 games. Washington wins in double overtime. Utah had the ball at the end of regulation, missed the shot, had the ball at the end of overtime, couldn't get a shot off. I didn't think they went to Carlson enough. He was crushing it. In the OTs. Your best player going. Yeah, this didn't seem, it seemed like you should be looking for him. Doesn't necessarily mean you got to shoot every time, but it didn't seem like they were even looking for him. And he's, he's developed himself into a nice player. And he was having a good game. Yeah. Hit a, hit a big three for him yeah, he came late over in the game. Off the screen, hit the three yeah, yeah. top, yeah. That was nice. And so I, It didn't look like criticism. they had any conviction in what they were doing at the end. And you have to have conviction. Agreed. That's the one thing, you know, I missed last week. We had no conviction. <laughs> Utah State goes to Reno and blows out Nevada. 78-49. Overwhelms the Wolfpack. Justin Bean Bryant, man. Proved to 3-5 and five in the Mountain West. Coming home now. For three games. I think they had Air Force up next. Yeah. Yes, Tuesday. Well, they lost two earlier. Weaver State... Beat Sac State by 20. They are home tonight to play Eastern Washington. And Southern Utah home tonight to play Northern Arizona. We'll see if they stay on track. See if we end up with a Big Sky Tournament final with those two teams. Yeah, Weaver's rolling, man. That's for sure. Yeah, they got it going. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Four years ago, he was a senior in high school in tiny Fort Payne, Alabama. Now the Bengals Super Bowl chances rest on his right foot. The kick is up. It is good. Coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. That is unbelievable. Stafford lifts that left leg, calling for the snap. Alone the shotgun. Gets a four-man rush, clean platform. He deals left side. Cooper Cup in the end zone. He's a cheat code. from the 12-yard line. Matt Gay from 30 to give the Rams the lead. Snap back, hold down. The kick is on the way, and it is right down the middle. Matt Gay from 30. Snap back to Garoppolo. Pocket crumbling. He spins out. He's hit. He's wrapped up. He flips it forward. It's tipped. It's intercepted. 
Game time field goals, game winning field goals, and the Super Bowl is set with the Bengals and the Rams playing in LA in two weeks. The Bengals coming from 18 down. Evan McPherson hits the game winner. That license plate, PK, for what, what's the baseball license plate you want? 444. That could be his license plate. L. McPherson, yeah, coming through, huh? Four for four on field goals in his third straight playoff game. He's a rookie. Three playoff games You're in his career. You're not a rookie at this point, Dave. <laughs> and he is at 12 in a row, four in each game. Breaks all your rules. Your rule on limiting three attempts in a game. Steals your license plate. Evan McPherson sending the Bengals to the Good Super job, Bowl. job, L. Is this going to be... Uh, a big blemish on what? On the career of Patrick Mahomes? No. No. Because he's 2-2 two and two in AFC title games for 1-1 one one in Super Bowls, and that's really good when you're 26 years old? No, I mean, when you look at this, I mean, it was a play. Someone, someone made a play. You know, he had two picks. They were both tipped. One, uh, the second one was hard to, to really put on. second I mean, one, he, I guess he on. threw in a double coverage. The first one, you know, the, uh, the hill, the lineman made a nice play and all that. But uh, this... This is, and it's easier for me to say because I don't have any emotional attachment. Uh, but this is the essence of why I'm a sports fan because it was an exciting game. It was. One team makes a play and they win. The other team now. Now we're gonna. It's gonna create a, a negative legacy on Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I hate it doesn't that because make any now, sense. now you have to win two Super Bowls before you don't have a negative legacy. And then I the think people that's beating a bunch up of no, I, people beating up Aaron Rodgers because they went out in the in the in their first home game. I think Matthew Stafford proved that we put too much emphasis on the quarterback. Got to have a team. He yeah. has a team. He's going. I mean, to the does Super this Bowl. release his failure in Detroit? No, I think people pretty much blame the Lions. <laughs> I think that was. So, but, but then that guy. releases him. So the answer is yes. Because he was taking all sorts of you did. He throws too many interceptions. He's 0-3 in the playoffs. Blah, 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 blah. You said that for weeks leading up to it. Now all of a sudden, well, I did not say he was 0-3 in the playoffs. I don't think I even He throws too many interceptions. He does throw too many interceptions. Well, apparently he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he got he got away with them. Well, mostly because he had the interception dropped. <laughs> I mean he hit he hit the defender. Mostly in the because hands. football is the ultimate team game. Oh, there's that too. And we put too much emphasis on yeah. these quarterbacks. I thought Jimmy G taking heat for the fourth quarter. Well, the coach decided not to go for it on fourth and two at the forty five and trust his defense, which their defense is really good, so I get it, but then on the very next play the defense drops the interception. If he had hands, he'd be on offense. And then when you're behind and that pass rush gets to tee off on you, yeah, he threw a late pass. Hey, I he, do this every morning. I pin my ears back. That a kid. He couldn't uh, He couldn't take the sack for fourth and 20, and he did hit the receiver in the hands. Not that the receiver was going to get the first down. The game was over. It was, yeah, it was irrelevant at that point. It didn't yeah. matter. I, I just think this is the ultimate team game here. We look at the quarterback way too much, and I'm not de-emphasizing the position. I'm just saying that if you don't win, somehow it's your fault. And Mahomes, he's now that wow, he didn't win. He lost another AFC title game at home. What a choker! And this is a joke. That pass he threw, that first touchdown pass, sidearm to uh, and what a, Hill, a catch by Hill running in the corner of the yeah. end zone. It was an absolute bullet. I'm surprised he even saw it, let alone catch it. <laughs> Do you like that better than when he's running around in circles on the second one before he finds Kelsey? Uh, that was more traditional. He does that a lot. Yeah, he did it late in the game and he, he fumbled. Him. Yeah. 
a little bit there. It seems like he, t- he took too long. Yeah. I mean, first and goal at the nine, and they don't score. I thought it was a boneheaded decision not to go for the field goal at the end of the first half. Take the points. You're up. You're rolling to an I extent. I thought at five seconds that they were going to throw some quick pattern, uh, whatever it was, it's and, st- and it's still kick it with one or two seconds left. Too tight. Yeah. I, but when you throw the ball backwards to the five-yard line, well, now you're all in. You're not kicking a field goal now. Either he scores or this half is well, over. Well, and then Reed said he put in the wrong. He bent bad plays. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these, these games are decided by one or two plays. It's hard for me to criticize the losing team in these cases. It's not like the Cardinals against the Rams where they just come out and got overwhelmed. I mean, that's one thing. But both these teams, and, and I mean, they barely won the other day, last week. You know, you weren't here to talk about it, but... Uh, that was a great weekend of four Game of a lifetime, yeah. really, man. And so then they get beat here in overtime. And, and, eh, it happens. Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. February 13th, 4.30, Bengals and Rams in L.A. Raiders expected to hire Josh McDaniels as their coach. Coached the Broncos about a decade ago. Yak, why are you rolling your eyes? Good luck, Las Vegas. <laughs> well, it's true that the coordinators that come out of New England have not have not had success as head coaches. He'll give it another shot. Kirby Smart. Oh wait, that's the other pro team, that's Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady, ESPN, reporting that he will retire. Now, immediately there were other stories. Also, with unnamed sources, The Athletic saying he called the team to say he hasn't decided yet. His dad told Cron TV. There, there was a source, at least. At least his name and face on that. Source. I like that, Woj. Source says Joe Engels' injury is serious. Yeah, I didn't need a source. I saw it. We all watched it. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it live. Source. You just get overblown with the source. But if it makes you millions of dollars, what the hell? Keep saying it. That's what's trending right there. And it is all brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call me at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. One win free stuff. Stick around. we got a couple of pairs to watch the Jazz and the Knicks. That'll be next Monday, week from tonight. We'll give away those tickets later in the show. Also, we're qualifying one listener to win a TV or the grand prize drawing during Unrivaled at 5 o'clock on Friday. Win a TV and cheer on the Utah athletes in Beijing starting this weekend. Caller 12 will be entered to win a brand new big screen TV to be given away this Friday during Unrivaled. Be sure you listen all week for your chance to qualify and your chance to win. When are we giving away the tickets and when are we doing the qualifier, Yuck? We kind of just did say caller 12, so you want to do the qualifier right now? You want to? Well, you just said caller 12, so I'm assuming we're going to get people calling. 855-340-ZONE. Win right now. 855-340-ZONE. And then we'll do the tickets coming up at 8.30 and 9.30 for the Jazz tickets. First qualifier right now. Win yourself a TV. Grand prize coming up unrivaled at 5 o'clock. DJ and PK. It's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. 
Let's do it. There's a lot of people out there that are like, all right, Donovan's out, Rudy's out. They come back, everything's going to be okay. But what if it isn't? Because I also think that's a distinct possibility. Like, this team might be fundamentally flawed, and there might be significant issues with this team that needs to be addressed, whether a trade deadline or the end of the season. But this team, even with a healthy Rudy, even with a healthy Donovan Mitchell, are not a championship-caliber team right now. I literally got preseason notes that said, Hans, don't be dumb. You know they're going to rest, guys. One seed doesn't mean anything. Postseason means everything. Now, if we get to postseason, we're still seeing issues, and this defense is looking similar to what we've seen. I might need to take a day or two off. Yeah, what's the definition of insanity, though? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. To me, that's what's going on right now. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, and it is time for Hot Takes Your Toast, brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res is the only carpet cleaner for a smarter, lasting clean. Zero Res is patented process, using only water to clean, meaning no crunchy carpets and spot-free carpet that's safe for the whole family. Schedule your carpet cleaning today by calling 801-288-9376, 801-288-0, or book online at zeroresaltlake.com. If you're up north, it's zeroresdavisweber.com. What are your thoughts about the Jazz as they go through this difficult stretch? Utah's favorite team, PK. More passion, more people rallying around them, but it is hard to rally around 2-11 and and a major injury and falling through the standings. January has been hard. January has been awful. It's over today. January. January, today's the last day, obviously. Right. This is it. Today is January 31st. Yeah, I'm nervous. I was nervous last week. I'm nervous this week. I'm nervouser. Joe's gone. You know, I don't know that they can trade him. They can trade his contract. Uh, Sucks for him. We love the guy. Uh, We've got a lot of that. Jeff, Joe Ingles, ACL is toast. Jason, uh... Or Brian praying for Joe, and we got a lot of uh, man Darren. I hope Joe's okay because he did not look okay. Well, I mean he's going to be okay. Yeah, not going to die. Lots of people have recovered from knee injuries. Yeah, so. But if they come back today and tell us he's not playing anymore this season, not very many people who are watching that game are going to be surprised. Oh, I'd be surprised the other way. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. The truth of the matter is the Joe Ingles this year hasn't been the Joe Ingles of last year. Nope. So, uh, but it's a significant blow. But I, I, I think that that issue is it's serious for him. It sucks to the highest level, of course. Uh, but it's only a small part of what yeah, the team is facing. Yeah, they were going to lose that game either way. And, and my thought is... Well, if you were one of the last ones to be hit by all this stuff, that meant you played a bunch of other teams that weren't at full strength. Why do I assume that that was proof that this team is really good? Well, I think the hope there is because they had the best record in the NBA last year. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's true. But that's the hope. They had the best it record doesn't... in 98. Yeah. That is the hope. So that they, as... they haven't played uh, this poorly under Quinn, and they... Had a great record last season, and they're going to get it together again. 
Yeah, you're right. That's the hope. But I'm saying, and that's my no hope guarantee. too. I'm there saying, is, there is where a... is their proof that they're really good this year? You're going to go to that stretch, which they were 16-3. and three, But you've already said they were one of the last teams. And I'm speaking to you generally. They're one of the last teams to have, if that's, not the last. Yeah, that, that's a fact. Okay. Right. So that meant then, by definition, they were playing a bunch they, of other teams that right. weren't at full strength. And they were also playing teams that weren't the top of the league. So that's not... Proof until they got to no January, proof right? Until this got, season, until they got to January, they hadn't played the Warriors and the Suns, so they were they were playing teams in the league that weren't as good. And yeah, they're great against Denver, but Denver's obviously had a lot of health issues all year. I mean, they got the Joker, and then after that, they're missing key guys. That hasn't slowed them. A game behind the Jazz, yeah. But the Jazz have beaten the Nuggets three times. But that's to your point. Well, yeah, they beat teams that have issues and they're shorthanded, like the Nuggets. And they're 3-0 against him and trying to make a 4-0 Wednesday. We'll see if that happens. See if Gobert and Mitchell are back. Find that out before we start making any wild predictions about what might happen. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to assume that they're not back. I mean, it's mild and we're going on uh, over a week for something mild. And Mitchell, he's five or six games now. So they're out of my mind until they're back. I don't know how else to to say it. There are people who are just throwing in the towel. They're in the fight, in the corner. They see their fighter getting beat up, and the white towel goes to the middle of the ring. It's over. Andrew, the season is done with. Brian, I stopped watching. David, I try not to think about them. Well, I'm not to that point yet. Uh, my my, I haven't given up on them. It's just my thought is I'm tired of hearing. Well, they they played well back when. Against who? Bottom half of the league, and not always well against the bottom quarter of the league. There's no proof that indicates now, and I'm tired of well, just just wait. And I hope the people who say just wait are right. Does me no good to have this team flounder. I mean, I don't personally care, but job-wise, it, it doesn't do me any good. Better to come in here and talk about a winner than come in here and talk about a loser. Yeah, that's what you people want to hear about, and so I'm with you. And I've got a lot of friends now that I've made in 30 years who are diehard fans of the team. And I like to see my friends have their teams win, unlike Jake Scott, who's a <laughs> miserable human being. It's... Jake's a miserable human. He is. He is. Yeah. Did I miss some good stuff, Yak? He roots for his friends' teams to lose. He's a miserable human being. Why does he do that? Because he's a miserable human being. I just said it for the fourth what time. What does he get out of that? You're paying t- he trolled me last night with the Niners. Yeah. He's a miserable human being. That was a great game. Right. I like to see my friends' teams win. Be so. I've got so many friends here who love the jazz, and I'd like to see them. And obviously, it would be better for the show and everybody else and make money and everybody's happy. That's what I would like. But I just see no proof. I'm, I'm getting tired of, well, yeah, look back when. No. Other teams were shorthanded in November and December. There's no way around that. I don't think they'll continue this. Do you mind looking back at, like, the last five, six, seven years? No. Because this stretch they're look, going through... Look back. This, looking this back team has look, Looking back doesn't get you anything. you got to look ahead. Okay. Looking back isn't going to get you wins in the future. But this core of guys hasn't played this poorly over the last month at any other stretch over the last 
five years. And yet they're the, going to do better than this. The thing is, people want the championship, and so they write the ship and they finish fourth, or they get back and they finish third. But do they still go out in the first or second round? I don't have hey, any proof beyond an Eastern that. Conference scout said if they go out in the first round, Mitchell's going to the Knicks. Okay. Did you see that last week? I didn't, but I was Rick okay. Buecher. Oh, yeah, okay. He quoted an Eastern Conference scout. Okay. Which is probably somebody's son. <laughs> <laughs> I did while I was scrolling on Twitter at the beach Could last be a week. Cousin, I suppose. I, no, I did you see take care a, of the sons first. I did see a lot. I, I did see a lot more sons getting jobs. I did the coaching. Nathaniel Hackett. Let's yeah, that's see. exactly who I saw. I went to Wikipedia. I'm like, is this going to be Paul Hackett's kid? Boom, Paul Hackett's kid. <laughs> I did see that, and I thought of you. I didn't text you about it, but I thought of you. <laughs> yes. And we got Shanahan and McVeigh. Now, McVeigh's grandfather, at least it wasn't his father. So it was mm-hmm. two removed. I mean, he really had to work for that <laughs> one. <laughs> so an Eastern Conference scout, which is, uh, yeah, the wife. Would you get Johnny something to do? <laughs> yeah, let him go scout Big Sky teams <laughs> and call an himself e- a scout. An Eastern Conference scout. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> happened more than once. <laughs> but he said the Eastern Conference scouts. What do you get said, paid? No, I'll have you over for Thanksgiving dinner. Okay? There. No. He said Eastern Conference scout, scouts said if they are a first round exit away from Mitchell going to New York. That's what the, I read that. All right. That was there. That's sources. An Eastern Conference scout. Somebody's son. <laughs> We we want equality. How come there ain't any fe- freaking female scouts? I want diversity here. <laughs> Your daughters want NBA jobs. Let's go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Who doesn't want the cushy stuff? <laughs> High paying gigs to go out. Oh yeah, that guy's really good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, they have horrible draft picks when it comes time. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> With the 29th selection, the Utah Jazz are the 30th. So elect, was it the 30th or the 29th? I don't know who you're going to select. I thought you were going to go Luther Wright, the all-time no, no, no. draft pick. No, oh. no, 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 just go recent. Okay. Uh, uh, Curtis Yudoke Azabuke. Oh, okay. And with the next pick, the Memphis Grizzlies select Desmond Bain. <laughs> oh! <laughs> or was it the pick after? I can't remember. So... I mean, we scout all these things, and we do, and he's still screwed up. Now, to their credit, they also have a, a bunch of moves that have been great, and that's the reality of the situation. Uh, everyone's going to miss. You need to, you need to hit more than you miss. Uh, so, uh, right now, I don't know if they're going to get out of the first round. I don't care what they did in 2017. Yeah, I'm with you on that. No bearing. Are they getting out of the first or second round? There's no. Well, there's the no answer way to, to me right right now. Now, right now, no. the answer is no because they've just gone four and twelve. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But th- th- this is great, man. This is great in that. All right, guys. Going Jerry Sloan on me? You're being doubted. What are you made of? What are you going to do now? I knew it. Jerry Sloan. Where are you going now? The classics never grow old. Because, well, truth never grows old. Right. And (laughs) and that's the truth. Yeah. And so what are you going to do? They're going to come back. Rudy Gobert is going to come back. And and if he's not playing, I don't question that he can't go. Because in my mind, he's proven himself. This guy came from nowhere. 
to make himself into who he is. So if, if that strain is preventing him playing, I buy it. I buy it 100%. So I'm not saying that. And Mitchell, who knows? I mean, he probably wants to play, and maybe they're not letting him. We saw that last year in the first playoff game. We know all that, that, that hubbub uh, that was out there. So these guys are coming back. And they're gonna, I would think they're coming back sooner than later. And, yeah, so let's see what you got, man. This is great because a whole bunch of people are doubting you. You just read people giving up on the season. You and I oh, saying if we had to list. sit here right now, they're not getting out of the second round. Are they getting out of the first round? I don't know because they're probably, right now anyway, the way it's trending, they're going to play a team that at least uh, on paper has a better record than them. As we sit here today, they are one game in front of the Nuggets or Mavericks, and they would play one of them in the first round. And then in the second round, you presume they would get the Suns. Yeah. And then in the third round, you would presume they would be done for the summer. Not around for the conference final. All be gone for the summer. But that's a long way away, and you're borrowing trouble from the future. Yeah, it's a long ways away, but the time is now to prepare for this. I'm getting tired of, well, Game 70. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to get to Game 70. Yeah. How, forget how many games left in the season. How many games till Game 70? Well, I think they're at, uh, what, 51? So they got 19? It's not that far away. No, it's not. The silver lining to all of this is the one thing you won't have to listen to, or you'll get to explode when uh, Jake or Tim says it to you, because I'm not going to say it to you. Well, you're not going to be gone, so I ain't going to be talking to them. (laughs) You might talk to them. We have them on the show occasionally. We pass Jake when he comes in. And I'm not going to do the next show. You're just going just, just to silence, just look at him, just stare him down. Yeah. When I come out, I'll go out of the door here. I'll turn right. He's over to my left. Yeah. I'll just boom, go right, go out that far door, downstairs, I'm gone. We shouldn't have to hear how exhausted the Jazz stars are at the end of the year because you're getting a big break here in January, and the All Star break gives them a big break in February. Why did we ever so, did we hear that? Oh, yeah, 82 games. It's a grind. Teams are worn down. Same for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, Mitchell, Mitchell must have missed a bunch of games last year towards the end. Well, you can get hurt. You may hear that. I mean, that. But I bet in terms of freshness. Yeah. I don't think they were fatigued last year. Now, that points in the season. You could you say they're tired. I get yeah. that. That's that. But that that that's the great thing about the postseason is whatever schedule you're on, your opponents on that schedule too. Mm-hmm. So that just comes down to who's more uh, fit, who's mentally tougher, all those types of things that happen. And so, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. The bottom line is, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving not, up on the nucleus of this team. And not every Jazz fan is. Rick says they just need to tread water and stay in the top six. And get healthy for the playoffs and see what happens. No, well, right, and they're not treading water now, though. No, they're taking water on now. Yeah, four and twelve, right? I'd buy thirteen. Tr- yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be fine with treading water right now, but they're not. Nope. And and we're reduced now. Boy, they really played hard. That that's when you know you suck. <laughs> when that's all you got. Yeah, played hard. Yeah, Two she's got a really nice personality. Okay, what does that say? Supermodel. We know what that says. Oh, not supermodel. Right. <laughs> Two and 11 in the last 13. So I'm not going to give him credit not treading for, water. for playing hard. Not treading water. I expect that. That's minimum. You know, Larry Miller quote before they remodeled the arena. We used to see it every day. Mm-hmm. Walk in downstairs. Yep. 
I can't ask you to win, but I'm going to ask you, and I'm paraphrasing, ask you to give me everything you got. Well, I expect that. You're getting paid this amount of money. That's a minimum you can do. So I'm not going to go, wow, man, they, they really, that second quarter against Phoenix the other day. No. Man. No. You know what I hear when I hear that? Oh, man, I, I flash back to BYU football 20 years ago. Yeah. That drive in the third quarter looked really good. Um, yeah. Uh, you lost to I, Vegas at I, home. And I did it again. What? I try to keep myself out of controversy. What'd you do? But now the, the controversy on the honor code standards. I guess Tom Homo had to go clarify. Well, it was my question. And he said they were backing off, and then he had to go apologize for clarifying, uh, apparently on Twitter. And then he said, what you said, it's clear. They're loosening up. Yeah, so what? But that, that was a controversy last week. Because guys' hair is a little longer? Regardless of whatever you asked or whatever Tom said, yeah. some guys out there, it looks like their hair is a little longer. Right, and I observed it, so I asked them, because they yeah. had the, the round table, what was it, Thursday afternoon? Yeah, and that was a big hubbub. I am tired of finding myself right in the middle of everything. <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> and yet I never win awards. The award for finding himself <laughs> in the middle of everything goes to... Magic happens. Patrick Kinnan! <laughs> oh, brother. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so Then the orchestra plays you up on stage. And we can hit all that as the week progresses. Uh, as And I sent you some highlights of... Uh, of what I thought were were important there, uh, but he hit he hit on a lot of important topics: the Big Twelve, money. You had a question about budgets, and uh, he got into it. Not as far into it as everyone would like. I, I thought that was beautiful. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, we're working with some consultants, and I'm not going to tell you who they are because then you go talk to them." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's but the truth. If you're, I listen to PK all the time. If you're interested, I've always found if you make enough calls, if you do enough work, you'll eventually find out. You can find out who they are. Somebody will tell you. If you just keep going to work, back in my reporting days, you'll find it. So for anybody who wants wants it out there, keep going. And the harder you work, the luckier you get. His point about there are certain areas of some budgets – you know, you might match up with uh, an easy one is Kansas and football or Kansas and basketball. Their budgets might look a little different. So he got into your money question a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so. But his whole thing on in-state scheduling, I mean, there was a lot to hit on there. And four to five years of picking games and he got asked how he'll pick which games to keep and which games to drop and... Made it clear dates could be an issue that lead to that. Well, we can play this team on that date, but we can't play this team over here, so we're going to drop this team over here because we can't get a date. Yeah, and we don't have time to get to that. But yep. as far as the Jazz go, I, I, ha- I still believe this can be a really good ball club. I'm not going to throw in the towel, as you said somebody else was doing. I'm not, I'm not to that point yet. I'm just, but I'm also to the point where I'm not thinking, oh, they're just going to turn it on because look what they did before. Just I never hear, well, wait a second, if we're one of the last teams to have these issues, that meant we played a bunch of teams who had those issues. So those wins were, at least to a degree, somewhat hollow. And, and the great thing about it is you get in the postseason and you get 16 wins. I don't care how hollow they are, you're celebrating. Fact. There's no such thing as a hollow. I mean, nobody remembers years from now. Right. Uh, so they've got this opportunity. And, and in a sense... 
you know, we saw last year, it wasn't like it was on easy street, but it was a sense of, well, people were doubting you that you're really that good because you flame out in the playoffs and then you flamed out in the playoffs and then you blamed injuries. And the rest of the outside world, except in media and put me in there, I'm just as soft as everybody else, saying, well, it was injuries. You know, Conley and Mitchell had half a toe or something. Right. But uh, Shaq had his doubts all along. And when yeah. they lost in the second round, yeah. Shaq was like, well, they lost in the second round. Right. There you go. They lost to the to Clippers right. without Leonard. And so now you got that. Now you got this. If you ever needed motivation, guys, you got it. Because... The people around here who love you, they still love you, but there's a whole bunch of room now for people to jump on to doubt you even more than they already did. So what are you going to do about it? And I really look forward to this next uh, month and a half, two months, to get ready for the postseason. What are you going to do? This, to me, this is a fun time. Because I believe they can turn it around. You just don't want Jake and Tim guaranteeing you they will. I don't want the attitude of, oh, well, let's just wait. Hey, everything's going to be fine. Don't sweat it. No. not a, I'm sweating it. Sweat it. Even yeah. if you think it's not a lost cause. I don't think it is. Because I believe in talent. And ultimately, I'm not talking about winning the title. I'm talking about being a good spot. Okay, but even in November and December. Game 70. Even in November and December, when the Jazz were winning a lot of games, we wondered about their ability to get out of the second round. Because from the start of the season, they had been chasing the Warriors and the Suns. And if you're finishing third in the West, and I know right now they're fourth and they're really close to fifth and sixth, but earlier this year when they were third, None of us knew for sure, nobody knew for sure if they could get out of the second round. Well, I still don't know. Right. Well, and right but now, that, that the hasn't changed. mean even less. You're going to play the Warriors or the Suns in the second round, and you're not going to have home court. That's a fact. So you're, it's already set up. We just don't know if you're going to get out of the first round. We don't know who you're going to play. But we know who you're going to play in the second round. And are you better than them? Time will tell. Segments to be done in the future. Right now, we're taking a break. DJ and PK, Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, Hall of Fame selector, is going to join us at 8 o'clock to talk Super Bowl now that it is set. We'll talk to him about the dramatic AFC and NFC title games. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up at 9 o'clock on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Unrivaled. You guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Valentine's Day is coming up. We're two weeks away. Jimmy's Flowers can make it easy with ready-made or custom-designed arrangements. Order today at Jimmy'sFlowers.com or visit their stores in Bountiful, Layton or Ogden. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Question of the day, part two. 
What happened to BYU basketball? Martin, ball didn't go in the hoop. Huh? Clever? Nope. You're not even going to giggle. No. Tired. I see to show up. Mark, not sure, but there's no way the West Coast is getting four teams into the NCAA tourney now. Next Thursday's game between USF and BYU is probably an elimination game with the winners still alive but on life support. When was the West Coast Conference ever getting four teams? I don't know. <laughs> Thought maybe you and Tim talked about that last week. Uh, Three. Not a lot. Three could happen. I mean, we talked a little bit of Santa Clara. Oh, it was funny because uh, with 46 seconds to go against Santa Clara, he started to get ready for bed, and he missed that debacle of them. If they got the ball in bounds, it was a miracle, let alone uh, get the ball over half court. And so he missed all that because the, they were up by four with the ball. Hell, they were up by four with under 20 seconds to go in the ball, and they couldn't even do it. It's pathetic, man. Uh, Messed it up. I mean, they got a great locker room. How about getting a great inbounds play? That would be good. <laughs> getting the ball inbounds in the final minute. Was actually inbound it first and then worry about it. Yeah, and then, jeez, man. Uh, Pacific? But their second best player out, and they don't even have two good players. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it like that. <laughs> You're not wrong. And now with the mass stuff. Coming back to work, checking on it. Pacific's pretty bad, aren't they? I look it up, 5-13. and 13. Mike, oh and 4, ooh, oh and four Michael, yeah. ooh, Michael Ola Candy awful. ain't walking through that door. Oh, nice, nice. Bravo. <laughs> Former number one pick. That was before BYU was in the West Coast Conference. That was Big West it days. It wasn't before for, Pacific. For Pacific, yeah, before both teams were in it. You're right. Yeah, we should have known back then. That they were going to have a Titanic matchup in the West Coast Conference. That doesn't bode well for the Big 12, but they've got time to, to get that right. But, yeah, I was disgusted with that, man. You, you, you know, you had some nice wins, and now you got San Francisco and Gonzaga this week. Talking about, let's see what you are made of after you just spit all over yourself on that road trip. <laughs> Now what are you going to do? I, I mean, I give USF credit. I mean, he's got a bunch of transfers, that, that young guy. What's his name? Golden? Yeah. Todd Golden, former yeah. St. Mary's player. Right. And so he's brought a lot of energy. I mean, there's you know nobody goes to their games, but it's not like he's brought a lot of energy in the community uh, in San Francisco, but he's brought energy to the team. I'll give him that. Uh, and then with the, with the mass mandates, you know, and all, there was, you know, hundreds of people in, in uh, Stockton. Which is generally what they have in Stockton anyway. I mean, Stockton wasn't there. You know, we had that hubbub last week too, man. Gonzaga. Man, what'd you yeah. go away for, man? You should have stayed. You don't need no stinking vacations. Uh, and then... <laughs> I disagree, but carry on. <laughs> no, I know you do. I'm glad you got to go, and I'm glad the weather was good for <laughs> the you. The weather was good. Got chased off the beach by the wind one day, but there were a couple glorious yeah, days you at needed the beach. It. You needed it for sure, so I was, I was happy for you. I think I uh, said that to you in a text around Tuesday or Wednesday. You did. You did. When uh, Paulina was sending me pictures of uh, what was going <laughs> that on. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> DJ and DJ golfing in San Diego. <laughs> There's Dustin Johnson. Nice photo. Where'd you get that? 
Paulina sent it to me. That was funny. I giggled. <laughs> I did giggle. <laughs> Paulina sent it to me. <laughs> yeah, because you and Paulina just text all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm close with all the Gretzky kids, but uh, Paulina and I probably stay in communication a little more. Yeah. Well, we were running. Uh, well, ever since she was in the ladies' golf league with the misses, you know, the, whole, the family's just kind of connected. My cousin, who I grew up right next door to, mm-hmm. lit, and he taught helicopter flying at UVU for years. Mm-hmm. He is a neighbor of the Gretzkys in Calabasas. Nice. I told you his daughter's entertainment in the entertainment field has, so she'd be my second cousin. And her manager is Chris Jenner. And her grandparents, my cousin's parents, they're my godparents, man. That's a big deal in a Catholic religion. They're my godparents. You have way more brushes yeah. with greatness than me. So, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've sunbathed with Paulina. <laughs> okay. And she sunbathes, like, easily 325 days out of the year. If you look at, <laughs> I look at her Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got Gretzky money, you got DJ money. It's not like she's got to go down to the dollar store and pull a shift. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure she's not uh, worried about going to work. Calabasas, today. that's a little inland, so you know, you can get the pool and away you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They can probably spring for that now. Okay, last thing on college basketball before we leave. Yes. After you've taken the West Coast Conference, which does not have the rep as a, as a four-team. Are we going to have Ken Pomeroy on soon? I hope so. Yeah? We can get him, yeah. <clears throat> He's got four of the West Coast Conference teams in the top 40. That's traditionally NCAA tournament territory. That's not going to happen. I know. They'll beat each other up, and then they'll only get three. No. The committees just was I, – I, I've been saying this for years. These are human beings – and they come in with biases, and they assign the number of bids to leagues. They can't bring themselves to vote for a fourth West Coast Conference team. It's not the natural order of college basketball. No. They they might talk themselves into a third team. It's been a two-bid league lots of times. And they might talk themselves into a third bid, a third team. Well, it's a traditional three. St. Mary's, BYU, Gonzaga. But I do think that there's other teams this year. I can argue, and I've got no problem saying, this is one of the better, if not the best, West Coast Conference League right. since the Cougars have been in it. Now, before then, I ain't following it as much, so I don't know. But over the last 10 years, there's been a couple of programs who've made themselves better. All right. So, But even with that in mind, there was still no excuse for tripping over yourselves against Santa Clara, which is a better team. I'll give you that. But and given what the time and, and score, losing to Pacific, Rick, no. Majer- Rick Majerus a million times, time and score. And given time and score, they should have won Thursday. Yes. And given the yeah, fact yes. that UOP is UOP, they should have won Saturday. Yes. Exactly. But, but they didn't. No, and it bugs me. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter. He joins us next. The Rams or the Bengals? Who's he got after watching two more excellent NFL playoff games. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. DJ PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. It's time now to welcome back Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter, Hall of Fame selector. Jason, good morning. Good morning. What's going on? The Super Bowl is set. Are you surprised? Mm-hmm. 
You had to been surprised at yeah, at twenty one three the Bengals got off the deck. Yeah, well, I mean they did it earlier this year against that same team, so not completely shocked by that. In fact, I expected them to hang out. I, in this game, I didn't expect them to win. I, I thought that I thought that Kansas City would have a plan in the second half for how to score, and obviously they did not. So <laughs> I was wrong on that one. Um, but Cincinnati's look. I thought Cincinnati was a year or two away. I thought they had to fix their offensive line a little bit more, which they still do. Um, I didn't think they were complete on defense, but I was wrong about the second part of that. They're they figured out defensively how to fix problems that they have in, in games, especially against Kansas City in that second half. And so they pulled out a victory, so I'm not completely shocked. But if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, would the Bengals be in the Super Bowl this year? I mean, come on, please. Yeah, Let, really. let's, let's not let's not jest with each other. I think the biggest surprise for me, watching Joe Burrow, you know, I know he can throw the ball, but the couple of runs, particularly that one that he had, he had the two for the first down, but being able to get out of that pressure and find his way to get Uh to the chains. Uh, The the kids just got moxie. I said last week, man, as someone who's cocky and hot is dangerous, and we expect him to throw the ball well, and then, you know, he's got the receiver there that he played with in college, and uh, but uh, to be able to, to do what he did with his legs on those couple of things, I got to say, I was way surprised. I have to ask a question: Is "moxie" the greatest old man word that we have in, in the English language? Like, it should be on like those progressive ads um, <laughs> about people who are like acting like their parents, right? What's, what's the, what, moxie, you, you got a better word along the line? No, no, I like "moxie." I mean, I, but when I say it. And I admit this. When I say the word moxie, I feel ten years older than I am, and that's <laughs> that's that's not good. Okay, <laughs> let's just say that right. Well, at least you're not top, dead, okay? though. Swag. No, yeah. I'm not dead, but it's, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you know, swaggerlicious would be a little bit younger. Okay. But <laughs> moxie, yeah, moxie is is the older version of it. Um, you know, look, Burrow, Burrow has those traits where he has exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have, right? Like Burrow, uh, his his mind works at the speed of the game or faster. So nothing that happens seems like it's a surprise to him necessarily. I mean, he gets hit, he can get sacked, but you don't feel like he's clueless back there. Or when he escapes, he can make a big play. Like Chris Jones misses him. And he whiffed on him twice yeah. on that play. On that on that first big run, and it's Chris Jones, right? But he's Burrow's never surprised by the speed of the game, and again, Garoppolo is. And this is the difference between, you know, just being a great athlete because these are these guys are amazing athletes, right? Um, and being at the upper end of it, right? And that's where Burrow is. He just he sees it. He gets rid of it, or he makes a play with his legs. You know, not that he's a great runner, but he's a good enough runner. And, and you know, that's not going to last forever. He's going to slow down a little bit. But, you know, he made these key plays when he had to in these games, along with the fact that Bengals have done a phenomenal job of surrounding him with talent because they've got one great receiver, one very good one, and another good one, um, you know, in Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. So, you know, hopefully – I, don't know, I haven't checked on the tight end today, you know, Uzama, but 
if they go into that game with those guys, I think they have a chance to, to put up some points against the Rams. We often talk about how fragile confidence is, and the Kansas City offense looked brilliant for three series, three long drives, three touchdowns. They got 21 points, but their fourth drive, they don't get the field goal at the end of the half, and they're just not the same team the rest of the game. Is it is it that simple? Did you put it on something else? Yeah, I mean, look, they didn't figure out a way to get Tyreek Hill open in the second half. I mean, that you know, they were throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill a lot in the first half. In the second half, he didn't he didn't get very many chances. I think that was the bigger problem. Since I did a nice job of shutting him down, and they got caught up in short drives. And so, as my, I think that that game that that play is a turning point, and it's critical because you know, Mahomes made two mistakes on that one. Number one, he didn't he. You know, you, you know, you have to throw that ball in the end zone, or you have to throw it away. You can't throw it in the field of play, um, and so that's number one. Number two, you just you have to get points there, um, and I think that that, you know, that puts some doubt in Andy Reid's mind because he ended up talking about it in the, the first half. It was the first time a sideline reporter has ever come out with some really actually good piece of information. Because I don't remember which one it was, which sideline report it was, who um, said Andy Reid was still talking about it at the end of halftime as they came out. It's like, look, you got to let that one go and focus on forward and what you have to do next. Um, you know, mistakes happen during games. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a key turning point. I think it changed their mindset a little bit, but still, they should have had an answer for what. Cincinnati was doing because this is the second time they've seen Cincinnati in a month. You know that you're, you're supposed to know this, and Andy Reid has seen every kind of defense that anybody's going to throw at you to try and stop Tyreek Hill. Have an answer, and they didn't. I believe football is the ultimate team game, so I'm sort of torn on with Matthew Stafford because. You know, he took a lot of heat uh, not doing well in Detroit, and here he is his first year getting to the Super Bowl. So I'm wondering where you stand on putting so much credit and blame on quarterbacks, and does it absolve him and it's more on the Lions? They just stunk, and really Stafford has been good all this time. Well, we're talking about the Lions, right? Right, but it didn't didn't Um, seem like Stafford had some baggage there associated with the Lions? Or no? It's the Lions. <laughs> it's it's the Lions. Like there, there are some, you know, like there are some teams that know they're, you know, they kind of fit in this realm of most teams kind of have an idea, of, you know, what they're doing and things fall into place. Some teams really know what they're doing and they're consistent contenders, like the Steelers, the Patriots. You know, those teams, those teams get it. Even the Giants, even though they're down right now. They ultimately kind of get it, and they put out a competitive product most years, right? Then there are the, there's the other extreme, uh, teams that just have no clue. And the Lions are, like, they're the band leader in that one. They have the baton, and they're at the front of the parade, and they're marching, you know, like, doing quarter time with the baton, right, in front of the band. That's them, Okay. And they don't know what they're doing. There's a team. There's a reason they've never been in a Super Bowl. There's a reason that they took the combination of 
Calvin Johnson and Dominican Sue and Matt Stafford and never did anything reasonable with it. Why they fired Jim Caldwell and brought in Matt Patricia. You know, I mean, we can go down the list of things, but I don't think they've won a championship since, what, 1955? Like, the common denominator is the Ford family doesn't know what they're doing, and they don't know how to run a football team. And until they figure out how to run a football team, this is what they are. And that's just, that's how it works with, with teams. Uh, you know, you're a reflection primarily of your ownership. So, yeah, I don't really blame Matt Stafford for a lot. Sure, there's some things that he's done. You know, he's he's a little wild with the ball, and, you know, he does some desperate things, and he's a little too courageous with his arms sometimes. I get that, okay. But he's talented, and they should have done more with him. So I put this firmly on the Lions' shoulders as where the problem comes up. So you got Rams or Bengals? Rams, the, the problem I have here is the when I saw when I watched the Bengals against Tennessee, they couldn't they just couldn't block anybody, right? He got sacked nine times. Arguably the Rams have a better pass rush. And to go with that, the Rams have a better offense slash quarterback than Tennessee does, right? So as close as the game was between Cincinnati and Tennessee, you know, if if the Rams can do the same thing defensively that Tennessee did, and I think they can, then I think they win this game because they'll put up another seven points. Instead of getting 16, they'll get 23 or they'll get 24. And just it's going to be hard for Cincinnati to match that. But it's going to be fairly close. Um, I like the competitiveness of the game. I like both quarterbacks. I like the storylines of both quarterbacks. Was the second time in NFL history that we've had two number ones going at it. The last time was Manning against Cam Newton. So I like I, I like everything that goes into this. I love the drama of it. I love the sort of underdog against the home favorite, the team that's trying to make something happen. But ultimately, if if it comes down to X's and O's, and it generally does, I like what the Rams can do just a little bit better than what Cincinnati can do. And Cincinnati can keep the score down with their defense, but they're going to give up a few plays along the way. Away from the Super Bowl for a second, how about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, what do you think is going to go down there? I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you look at – you've been MVP the last two years, right? And you analyze this because Aaron – analyzes a lot of things. You know, he thinks about a lot. Um, I don't necessarily always agree with his conclusions, but I don't want to go down that um, train of thought. Do you really believe in the organization? And, you know, you used to not believe in Brian Gutekunst, the, the general manager, and the fact that he took a quarterback, um, last, you know, two years ago when they could have used another receiver to help him out. You know, he was angry with that. Now you're looking at Matt Lafleur going. You've been terrible in champion in in playoff games the last two years. You were terrible against Tampa Bay. You were worse against San Francisco this year. And for as good as we've been in the regular season, like I got, I only got so many bullets left. Am I going to do this with with Matt Lafleur and a GM that I you know sort of made up with, but sort of still don't trust? I. I Got 
as hard as it is for him to walk away from Green Bay, and last year showed that it was hard for him to walk away from Green Bay, I think he either walks away from Green Bay and plays or he retires. I have a hard time seeing him coming back to Green Bay and going through this after two of the most spectacular years of his career have ended in infamy the last two years. It's And, and it, even really three, but, you know, that, that one three years ago, I mean, they just got dusted by San Francisco. San Francisco was just better than them. The last two years, they were better than Tampa Bay and lost. And they were better than San Francisco and lost. And that has to eat away at your soul as a competitor. So Denver would be interested in him. Pittsburgh might be interested in him. New Tampa Orleans, Bay, Carolina. I mean, we can go down, down the list. Tampa Bay is now in the market no, for yeah, quarterback. If, if, do you believe Brady's how about, how about a third of uh, a third of the league? Yes. <laughs> do you believe Brady's gone? I don't know what exactly to believe. I trust Adam Schefter's reporting. I would just say this. I mean, he's been far. He's he's the most accurate of the guys by far of the guys who report on the NFL. Now things can change and they can get weird, but. I have a feeling Tom, Tom more than likely is going to retire. But we've been playing this game for five years, right? Like, when is Tom going to retire? And generally, he keeps playing. So that wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, and when his dad says he's going to com- continue to play, which is his dad said that on San Francisco radio, um, you know, those two guys are, you know, father, son. They're as tight as any father and son I've ever seen. So, you know, I. I wouldn't think that his dad would just go out and say that unless he knew something. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I Someday he's going to retire if it happens this week or in the next few weeks. Um, I tip my cap. I also sit there and say I'm kind of pissed off because I'm not, I'm not done with look, watching him play. I'd like to see him continue to play at this level. At the same time, I also thank him for, you know, getting a chance to watch him play this long because it was masterful. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks for hopping on this morning. We'll look forward to the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you again down the road, Jason. We appreciate it. Excellent, guys. Be good. Jason Cole, longtime NFL reporter and Hall of Fame selector. Join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up at 9 o'clock. The Utah Jazz in a huge slump. Things have been going wrong. We're waiting to hear about Joe Ingles' MRI, although we all suspect what we know we're going to hear, but we'll see what happens with that. Coming up next, we're going to give away Jazz tickets. We're going to do that at 8.30. And... Where are you with the Jazz right now? How are you? How are you hanging on? We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Unrivaled. Guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's, that's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable! Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSL Sports. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. 
Utah Jazz back home, getting ready to host the Nuggets Wednesday and the Brooklyn Nets Friday. The Knicks will be here a week from tonight, and we got a couple of tickets to see the game. If you want to go, be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12 gets to see the Jazz and the Knicks one week from tonight. Oh, good. Donovan Mitchell's team and his future team. Bring up Jazz fans' worst nightmares. Eastern Conference scout, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Donovan the Knicks has been out there long before the Eastern Conference scout. But the Eastern Conference scout puts a timetable on it. That's new. Yeah, I was furious about it. Locke kind of blew me off. Uh, Why were you furious about it? Because it just bugs me. It just, I, it just bugs me, man. It gets under my skin. It's like the number one thing that it's just really bugged me because it's so disrespectful for what the Jazz are trying to build. And this community isn't perfect and all that stuff. I get it. I've lived in other communities that are not perfect either. Yeah, but... but you know, home is home, though. He's a New Yorker. If you dream to play into the Knicks, what are you going to do? Yeah, but why would you dream of playing for the Knicks? Yeah, I don't know. Beats me. I'm not a New Yorker. I wouldn't. Do his, his timeline. He's not 45, 50 years old. <laughs> I know. He doesn't remember the glory days. Right. Do the timeline, and basically they're a team that's in the lottery. Don't you want to win? Isn't that... He gets legacy, and he knows all about the league and everything, and so... Legacy comes through winning in the postseason. Well, the Knicks haven't done that in his lifetime. Certainly, solid when point. He was out of diapers, right? Ninety nine, they're the eight seed. They go to the NBA Finals, and since then, it's been bleak. Yeah. So it just it just bugs me, man. It just really, really bugs me. He's only twenty five years old. Just like it's just assumed. So why did Locke blow you off? Because he didn't trust the scout? Because he thinks this is still two and a half years away from happening at the earliest? No, next year. Next year, man. The Eastern Conference scout. But I thought maybe he was blowing off the Eastern Conference scout. I didn't hear the conversation, so I'm trying to figure out why Locke blew Uh, you off. The the idea of the subject. Oh. Uh, I think that wasn't anything that he wanted to address. And it was something, what, were we going to talk about them losing again? <laughs> so I did think that while I was gone. I'm like, well, they're in free fall. I'm not missing anything here. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't. I mean, every time I, every time I clicked on it, I'd see the injury reports. i see who's out, and i think, well, we're they're going to they're gonna lose the next one. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's happened. Right. I understand that. Yeah. Be, be, be different, Mitchell. You you want to be a spokesman and you love to to, to talk and I and I support your right to say whatever it is you want to say you know as long as you're within the realm of responsibility which I think he's been whether you agree with him or disagree with him I don't really care uh, I don't think he's been irresponsible but be different man create a legacy do something where it's never been done is is this assume that he's going to go there I mean. It just, just bothers me. This is Dwayne Wade's fault. Is it his, his fault? Yes. How so? What do you mean? Because he and LeBron and Bosch got together. Well, Dwayne didn't go anywhere. 
They he came did. to him. He didn't. What's he going to do? Say no? <laughs> it's not Dwayne Wade's fault. LeBron. Hey, LeBron, if you want to go LeBron. Stay away not, from me. It's not going to. No, it's not Dwayne Wade's I'm fault. I'm tired of your talent and your. Those three form the super team, and it works. They go to four finals and they win two championships. It worked. And now. We've had a decade, and we'll probably have more. It didn't work. It failed. They, they went to four finals, Big, and they won not two Not one, titles. not two, not three, not they four. Missed, By his own words, it they failed. They missed on that. But Dwayne had one NBA title, and no real cope or plan to get yeah, another they, one. I, yeah. And then the, suddenly, they had the plan, and they got two more. Great. And that, that cemented his legacy as a Miami Heat superstar. Right. But where the problem is, Not where as the blame Chicago is, Bulls or Cleveland or wherever else he played. Players picking cities and going and form super teams. And pick one here. Come play with Mitchell. Is always going to be a problem. you got this no hip gonna, new owner. No one's going to Why not? Why They're not? Gonna Why not? L.A. and New York and Miami. You don't know that. Well, that's what they've been doing for a decade. Uh, Golden State. I mean, because Durant went so to join those never, guys. So then it can never change, because that's the way it could. It, did. it could. You, that's you what can't I'm saying. Say it, it, Come here and do something different. Right. Enlighten our community. We're all a bunch of redneck racists. Come here and enlighten us. <laughs> okay. Show us the way. Show me the way. Come on. Do something different, man. I mean, that's the perception, so I just said it, because I'm the guy who's going to say it. Well, that's a good pitch. If you can get another superstar to buy it and come here. Why not? What can't you get here? Need the third star. Why, what can't you Gobert's get here that really you can good. get someplace else? Mitchell's really good. Need the third guy. The Nets. You know, what New York Knicks have done Durant, that Utah Jazz have not done? They had Durant and Irving. That's old school Carl. <laughs> now you're just confusing everybody. Durant and Irving. And then they went and they got Harden there. And he leveraged his way in. Or out of Houston, but into Brooklyn. Right. And so, and all now, you do is buy you 5,000 headaches with Irving. And, and over here, you've got, you got Giannis. Stay, grow it organically, and make a big trade. What is this, pot? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It was, it was all code. It was all code. You busted the code. He's got some redneck racist pot. Yeah. Stay here, grow it, free smoke it. it. It's a free association Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and this this whole premise just really bugs me. So man. be the Bucks. You can get anything here did. that you can get anywhere else. Do what Giannis did. Nobody in the NBA was beating down a path to go to Milwaukee, and he did it. And he carved out a niche, and he'll be a legend in Milwaukee now forever. Kareem and Oscar did it, and fifty years later, Giannis did it. Well, if Giannis stays there then he'll be bigger than those two. Yeah, Oscar was right at the end of his career. And the other one leveraged out. Kareem, off to L.A. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah, where he had to pay state friggin' friggin taxes. taxes. <laughs> Can you believe it? I was driving home the other day. Your boy hammered that again. I thought of you. There you go. Uh, just the whole premise. And... and in the first year of the deal, no I know, I know. At least with Hayward, it was at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, it's the first year of the deal now. It's not like you and I haven't heard this on and off the air from listeners and from other people before this deal kicked in. 
We weren't even, I didn't even want to talk about it, and neither did you. We're not even in the deal that he can force his way out of yet. I mean, now at least we're in the deal where he could force his way out. I don't, I didn't hear or read what uh, Rick Bucher quoted uh, some Eastern I just told you. Saying. I know. But my <laughs> timeline on all of this has been well, it's a five year deal, and there's an option for the fifth year. So really, it's four years locked in, which means in the third year, you know, if he wants out and they got to get something for him after the third year, that's where you would think the deal could happen. So I think we're still two and a half years away from this happening. I'm surprised we're obsessing about it. It's the premise that I'm obsessing right. about. That's what I would try to right. tell Locke. Well, it's not a Mitchell can come or go. I don't mm-hmm. give a crap. Yeah. It's the premise that you can't be happy here. It just bothers me. Well, John and Carl were, and and they stayed here. And it doesn't mean somebody else oh, can't. Oh, yeah, but the they're anti-vaxxers. What the hell they know? <laughs> John fit in here better than we ever knew. <laughs> Come on. Jeez. Just read the local paper, man. How dare he? <laughs> One day, we'll see him at a Gonzaga game again. But who knows when? Yeah, and I watched the game. They who were they playing the other night? Portland, and a guy had a mask, and it wasn't even on his nose. Well, what good does that do? I know, I know. And don't then wear, today, don't LA school is... children have to wear masks. And Newsom, Magic, running around posting pictures of, of Newsom on social media, and he doesn't have a mask. <laughs> Newsome. That'll, that'll send a message. <laughs> Not really the message you want sent, but it does send a message nonetheless. In my morning show prep this morning at 5 o'clock, that's what I was looking at. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, here it is. It paid off. <laughs> Good for you. I believe you can achieve everything possible here, and it'll even be better here because it hasn't been done. Well, Giannis did it in Milwaukee, so why can't you do it in whatever NBA outpost is cold and smaller and not cool? Oh, well, Milwaukee's colder than here. We, we sat in the wind in an NCAA tournament. Yeah. Two, two, block, two block walk from the hotel to the arena. There ain't no the 60 arena. degrees in, uh, anywhere in the state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. In January. No. And I had it yesterday. In Utah. And it was, yeah, the it was other end of the state. So what? It's three <laughs> hours, man. Yeah. Boom. You're there. Voila. Boom. Vegas. You got every everything you need here. And I was trying to press lock on on what what about this ownership? I thought it's gonna make a difference. Well, maybe it will. I mean it right? hasn't played out yet, so Yes it has. How has it played out yet? You're again, you're hung up on Mitchell. I'm not hung up on Mitchell. I'm talking about the perception that you can be happy here. It's played out. We got Dwayne Wade to become a part owner. It's played out already. I'm not hung up on whether Mitchell stays or not because that's not the ultimate test because then they'll have somebody well, else and they'll have is, somebody else and have somebody is, else. Neither is Wade. I mean, that's a piece of the puzzle, and it's good because uh, yeah, he's Dwayne well, the, Wade. But the puzzle's never going to be complete. It's it's ongoing forever and ever. You're always building. Okay. That, that's true. But if you if you build the puzzle to the point you win a championship, and then later on somebody leaves, hey, back to the point you made a million times. Lots of people are living lots of storylines, and a couple key guys could decide to stay, and it could be glorious. And the person after that, their story's different, and they could decide to leave. That's just pro sports. So it's not like everybody's going to stay, and this is going to be the greatest place ever. For some people, it'll work. For some people, it won't. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's only so much money that you can spend and so many roster spots. Right. I understand that. And, and well, there's only so many. And some player may want have. to leave to but the go fact home is, or it's to about, build some super team. Go home. That doesn't, there's, you are home. Where's home? <laughs> well, LeBron left Miami to go back to Cleveland because Cleveland was home. If he hadn't been from Akron, he, he would have never gone back. And Fine. he did. You're right. And so give me life. another example beyond that then, buddy. We'll always go to that one. You got me there. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one out of 5,000 trillion billion billion. How many? Yeah. Say that again. It's 5,000 trillion billion billion. Ah, nice. <laughs> that was good. So what? I made it up. But well, I rhymed it, so I was easy, able to remember it. That was cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was just <laughs> running through NBA players in my mind. Who have I got? Who have I got? Who have I got? I think it's about relationships. Agreed. Everything is about relationships. Agreed. Two things. Money, relationships. Right. And they brought Dwayne Wade on. That's... It's almost like, and maybe it's even more so, it's actually more symbolic than it is, what's the word, literal. What's the word I'm looking for? The opposite of symbolic. I, I, I think you nailed it. Okay. It is more symbolic than literal. Just because a guy who's retired actual. and 40-ish decides to be here, I mean, realistically, he, he's a citizen. It's a, man, Rick Majerus had so many great quotes. Rick Majerus, I'm a citizen of the world. Well, Dwayne Wade's a citizen of the world. If Dwayne Wade pops up in Miami, Salt Lake, or L.A., you're not surprised by any of it. It's three different cities and three different time zones. And you're not surprised by any of it because he's a citizen of the world. So when he commits to Utah, yeah, he commits to Utah, but he's committed to Miami, he's committed to L.A., you're not surprised if you see him in any of those spots. It's different for an NBA player. And you've always said the vet, the 32- or 34-year-old, is weighing his NBA free agent decisions much differently than somebody who is hitting free agency or unrestricted free agency in their early to mid-20s. Early 20s. 25, 26, 27, whatever. Yeah, even from twenty six to thirty two, there's a difference in the way guys. I perceive think the free, free agency. agency thing is overblown too. I think it is, but when you hit, it's such a home run that it really sticks. Now there's a bunch of free agents who go, and what happens? They go out in the second round, or maybe even worse. I mean, Detroit Golden State did not win a title through free agency, right? And Detroit celebrated it, landing Grant, and it hasn't changed anything. Well, I mean, they suck though. I know. I mean, that, that's unfair to him. But there are a couple of free agents that hit. Uh, the Lakers leveraged Shaq. Free agency well, I mean, Bogdanovich was a hit. Yeah, he was a hit. Hasn't been a home run yet, but uh, well, maybe he, but will he's be not a home line. run player. No, he isn't. Jeremy Grant's not a home run player. Right. There's like two or three of them With that are Bogey, out there. They were trying to get a third or fourth best and player they did. on the roster. Yeah, and they did. What they were looking for, he's given them. But that's work. where it's overblown. Does that lead to the championship? Does it lead to the finals? Is it, it hasn't but, even led to a conference final yet. But it's maybe an it important will. piece, yeah. and the, they need to, to continue to build. And and I think that if you have people making right decisions, you can you can get it done. And I'm probably going to go to my grave where this franchise hasn't gotten it done. But one of my last words is going to be, they can do it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were PK's last words? They can do it. Well, and hopefully it's, well, yeah. 
But and bleep you all. But, if, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but your point is made. That's my own issue. But your point is made because Milwaukee did it. And so if Milwaukee can do it, just because Denver or Indiana or Salt Lake or whatever other city you want to throw out there hasn't done it, doesn't mean that they can't. And Phoenix is doing it. Yes. But Phoenix hasn't done it yet. They don't have a title yet. And maybe this will be the year. But they've been chasing it forever. Now they're And they've had pathetic ownership. And they still. They get, there's a massive investigation going on right now as they have the best record in the league. As we speak, they created a hotline for anybody in the organization to call up anonymously and say, he did this, this, and this, whatever right. it might be. All the stuff. We've seen all the accusations, yeah. right? So they're having a massive investigation going on. So clearly, it's not stable. But yet, they got guys to come. And they drafted right. They drafted right with Booker. They drafted right with uh, Bridges. Yaden, they probably didn't draft right, but he's, they drafted he's right, okay. Right-ish. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a Sam Bowie. Right. It's not a lot. They didn't one, completely. But it's not a Sam they Bowie. didn't completely whiff, but they didn't hit a home run either. No. Booker was a home run pick. And then they make a shrewd trade to get this old man who at thirty six is playing better than he was twenty six. Right. <laughs> right. For all the Jazz fans who are like, how long can Mike Conley be good? I don't know how long was Stockton good. How long? How long is Chris Paul going to be this good? I think Chris Paul has outstripped whatever expectations you had for him three years ago. He's outperformed them. Yeah, yeah. So if you do the things that are right, it can get done. And I'm sick and tired of hearing that, oh, they're just passing through. And it's always people outside of here who really haven't spent much time. That Eastern Scout, how much do you ta- how much time do you think that Eastern Scout sent? I, I I'm gonna make it my life's mission to find out who the hell that Eastern Scout is. Purchase a Ford fans on all you need ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $30 per ticket. Visit Utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone ticket today. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. <laughs> On fourth down and 10 from the 12-yard line, Matt Gay from 30 to give the Rams a lead. Snap back, hold down. The kick is on the way, and it is right down the middle. Matt Gay from 30. There it is. The Chevy play of the game. Matt Gay, the Orem High Tiger PK, and also a Ute. How often does an Orem oh, High Tiger? UVU. Yeah, he played UVU soccer. Two-sport two sport guy. Don't drop my Wolverines. Tiger, Wolverine, Ute. At BYU didn't want him. I can see why. And now he kicked his team into the Super Bowl. Literally. Yep. Had the game-tying <laughs> field goal, 40-yarder, with about how much time is left at that point? Three or four minutes? And then they get the ball, or maybe a little more than that, actually. And then they get the ball back, and he kicks the game winner with a couple minutes left. So probably six or seven minutes left when he kicked yeah, the Yeah, those were routine kicks. As well. I, I believe an NFL kicker these days, 45 and under is routine. Yeah. They're money. Yeah. They're money. He's 7 of 9 in the playoffs. He did miss one. How long was it when he missed yesterday? He missed one early. But he was 7 of 9. They're not perfect. Right. He was 7 of 9, and, and McPherson's 12 of 12, and kicked his team into the Super Bowl going four for four on field goals in three straight playoff games. Fall, fall, fall. Yeah, and he's now 12 for 12. My personalized license plates in my Jaguar. Yeah, and that was baseball. (laughs) 
That was a baseball-driven license plate stolen by a football kicker. Or should I have zero four four? No. <laughs> Live the dream. Put the dream on the license plate, not the reality. I keep telling myself, and did you say where you're supposed to get that? Did you finish your... So, uh, Unrivaled today at 4.50, we'll play that. And then if you uh, know, then you... Or no, what do they do at 4.50? Well, I understand. It. It's, it, the time is flexible. You have to identify. And the time is now flexible? It's what uh, you told me last week, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've heard that it's a little yeah. more flexible these days. 4.50-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Listen somewhere, to Unrivaled. Somewhere unrivaled. Sometime They'll call from three for the to play six. of the game, and you need to say Matt Gay's game-winning field goal. You win fabulous prizes. And then you win fabulous prizes, whatever they got that week. I have week this fantasy. I'm going to get brand new car and personalized license plates, but I'm yet to do it. It's like I'm, I'm not good enough yet to do it, <laughs> so I won't allow myself to do it. Why not? Because I'm not good enough. Oh, okay. When will you be like? I'm, you know me. I mean, I'm, I'm a tortured soul. I don't know. That's that true. I'll, I don't know that I'll ever be good enough. Oh, okay. But you don't deserve a new car yet. Yeah, I've had two. Financially savvy to buy something that's like a year or two old because they, you know, when you drive them off the lot, they lose ten thousand dollars in value. Well, and just drive around the lot. <laughs> I uh, I had a seven thousand dollar Nissan pickup truck that was brand new. That we bought, but it was like 25 years old, so I certainly hadn't arrived yet. And the one I'm, I got, wait a minute, what was you were 25 years old? When I was 25 years old, and you paid seven grand for a brand new okay. little Nissan got pickup, it. right? Okay, yeah. so that had, I was the only, the first driver, uh-huh. and then this this uh, what do I got now? What's it called? Oh, Frontier. Yeah, I'm not a big car guy, and I am leasing that from Tim Daly Southtown, and it was brand new. But I'm leasing it. And I was all paranoid on the mileage mm. that I'd be over. Mm-hmm. So for the first month, I obsessed about driving it. And then the pandemic hit, and I didn't drive it for years. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need a car for? <laughs> Sat in a garage. I did the show from home for 15 months. <laughs> and the next week will be the second of three years. And uh, so you're in good shape on the mileage. Oh yeah, I'm in great shape. You're good now. Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) Just go for go for a Sunday drive. Go to. So I talked to the guy Tyler, the boss down there, and he says that if you return it then less than the miles, then they can. If you want to buy it, you know, you they can work with you. You get discounts and so forth. So yeah, so I basically just drive it down here, and then to the gym, and then uh, to golf courses when the weather's good. Other than that, not much. But th- but that's it. But I didn't feel like I can get personalized with lease. But I'm going to do it one day. And right now, my leader is three fours, four four four, standing four for four. Nice. What would you be? S T A T S. I just got that. It took a second. <laughs> I've never worried about personalized license plates. People, if Snakey's going to get personalized license plates, what, what, the, should, what should they be? S T A T B O Y. What was that again? S T A T B O Y. Okay. <laughs> PK was the one who's supposed to make fun of me, not you. Uh, that's not making fun. That's just identifying who you are. I mean, that, that's that's, a, too. that's on the light side of making fun. That's true, it is. <laughs> I did see this personalized license plate. 
I guarantee you, whatever it is, it won't be political. Can you imagine getting that license plate? No. <laughs> I stopped at a red light the other oh, day. Oh, is that political? Okay, Karen. Yeah, I think that's political. Uh, it's morphed into politics, but I don't know that it started that way. Well, it but I could be like, wrong. It morphed I'm in like three point two seconds. Okay, I'm not a big political guy, so I'll have. To I take took it word. as political. Maybe it isn't meant that way. I don't know how. I don't know who the driver is. It was a random red light around well, town. Well, it's not like it's Kid Rock's latest tune that he put out. What he put out? Ho 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 uh, it was a Santa Claus tune. It's Christmas music. No, no, no. Oh. I mean, it's uh, he doesn't like that guy named Joel. Let's put it that way. Oh, that yeah, yeah, that would be rather clear. I listen to some of it. What is it? Uh, N N W S F or something? Whatever. What's not safe I, for work? The, the, the wow. N S F W. Yeah, that's safe. For a work. lot of swearing. Okay. The Brandon chant. Uh. Now that's political. I imagine I would get something. I've never had the urge. I like to figure out oh, come a on, license plate and fun. see it. Just for yeah, well, fun. Yeah, give me one. It, it would be spo- If I did it, it would be sports oriented. So I give me something about, good. I thought about doing C A D R E M N. Yeah, I have no idea where you're going with this. Write it down. You will. C A. You'll get it for California. C A. California Dreaming. Yeah, see? Hey, I didn't have to write it down. <laughs> which is good, because I couldn't find anything to write with. Yeah. Long about President's Day when I've had enough of winter. Now, I'd be warm. I wouldn't be safe. Oh, it depends where you are. Oh, yeah, if I didn't venture out of my property and I lived uh, in Brentwood. Although, <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to go to L.A. Somebody got slaughtered and lived in Brentwood. California. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> California's a big place, man. You can go lots of places. Yeah, but I want to be where it's warm. Pismo. Okay. Yeah, true. Central California. If it's a little foggy, you just 20 it's okay. minutes up it's the freeway. Okay. It's okay. San Luis Obispo, you go golf up there. It's warm enough in yeah. the winter. Yeah. It's warm enough. Yeah. But those are my two that I've thought of, of, of getting. Because when I was a kid, California represented, <laughs> I lived in New Jersey, it represented like the promised land to me. Uh-huh. You'd see all the sunshine. And, yeah. And, all, and I was living in Jersey, and we didn't have a lot of sunshine. And From the Rose Bowl to, uh, a, you ever watch Dodger games back there? Yeah, Dodger Stadium? Yeah. Glorious, of course. And the funny thing is, the first time I went to it, I was in college. It was didn't, glorious. It was, I mean, it almost took my breath away. And I was like, I was not predisposed right. to like it or anything from L.A., but you come up that hill, and the stadium's there, and the, 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 the stands, it's almost like the arms reaching out for a hug. So you went Berlin. It was awesome. You went Berlin? Uh, I'm struggling with the lyrics. Take my breath away! Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to, but I did. <laughs> There's no nothing intentional there, but yeah. Come on, that was a San Diego-based film. Love it. Berlin. One hit wonder? Did they do anything else? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So Of course I've I think now probably I'd also have if if it were me, I'd have G O U T E S. Go use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just cause some trouble. (laughs) 
If it were BYU, BIG one two. Nice. Someone will get that <laughs> license plate. Someone will get that. I think I actually saw somebody already had. It. I thought somebody posted something about it. Seven letters. I could just get Gauchos. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you don't. Somebody know. probably has it. You don't already. know who that means. You're going to go with some junior college down in L.A. Well, actually, Glendale Community. In uh, I couldn't remember which Glendale, one. Glendale, Arizona. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Somebody in L.A. has Narbonne. it, too. Oh, Narbonne High has it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I Maybe I got the two confused. What then. does Pacific... What does BYU have in common with Santa Barbara? UC Santa Barbara. Last two teams at Pacific beat. (laughs) (laughs) That was their last win before Saturday night. Yeah, I looked it up. (laughs) They kept saying they they had this big, long losing streak. And so I went, I think, who'd they beat? So I looked it up as I was watching the game Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And it was Santa Barbara sometime in December. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So they own your two schools. Yeah, there they are. The Tigers. Right. <laughs> My two schools. <laughs> Come on, dude. You went to the spring game and you and your kids outfitted in Cougar gear. No, wait, that was Ute gear. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Came straight from a rec soccer game. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And your theory on kickers and their automatic inside of 45. Matt Gay this year. Has missed four field goals, two in the regular season, two in the playoffs. Two of them plus 50. The other in the 40 to 49 range. Think you're onto something there, PK. Well, it's just observation, yeah. Yeah. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He joins us every week here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, are you more worried about BYU or more worried about the Jazz? Because that wasn't a great week for either team. <laughs> that is true. Uh yeah, you know what? I think both of them have some challenges ahead of them. And, uh, you know, the Jazz are playing a really hot Nuggets team here coming up on Wednesday, and BYU's got USF and Gonzaga. So it's not going to be easy. Uh, they both have kind of dug themselves in a hole. Uh, the Jazz, obviously, some things, you, you know, when you're losing and having your best players sit out and Ingles gets hurt again, they're dealing with all the injury issues and the protocol issues. Uh, those are things you really can't control. So hopefully uh, the Jazz can get healthy and, and, and BYU can kind of get their mojo back here. There's some things that uh, we can talk about. But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great week, real difficult time, and uh, puts them in harm's way up for a lot of things in terms of just the league play but as well as the NCAA tournament. So we'll see how it happens. We'll see what, t- what happens. Well, let me say happy birthday to Coach Cleveland because I know you got a birthday coming up. And, Thank you, and I know it's a big one. So, but you're yeah. still rocking. You got many I, years to go. We, uh, <laughs> you, you, I was sitting there thinking about talking to my wife. I said, I said, you know, I don't feel seventy. I mean, I kind of <laughs> feel it in, in, in certain ways, but mentally, I don't feel like I'm, you know, 
yeah. young at heart. And <laughs> but man, yeah, that, that's a number that is uh, kind of gets your attention. It does, yeah. yeah. So when yeah, my grandmother right. when my grandmother turned eighty, she said exactly what you said. I don't feel like I'm eighty. I'm like, well, how old do you feel? And she thought about it for a long time. That to me is like the most memorable thing. It was quiet for so long. And then she said, fifty five. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and after my grandfather uh, passed away, she was still very active. And I said, well, you know, you can do this, you can do that. Said, I don't want to hang out with old people. They're boring. <laughs> I'd rather oh, hang out with somebody your age. But most of the people your age think I'm boring. <laughs> she, exactly. she was hilarious. But I'm, it's true. Mentally, mentally, you know, you're still thinking like, you know, you're 35 and, and you're doing these things. And the body doesn't always cooperate nowadays. But, but uh, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, you never think about ever being 70, right? Yeah, really. So I'll be in Utah. We'll get a chance to see a lot of basketball. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Nuggets game on Wednesday, being there with my family. And uh, and then BYU's got a couple big games themselves. And I, I will grant you that Santa Clara is better than they have been. But nevertheless, the end of that game, I was chucking stuff at the television. Does stuff happen that just can't happen and it, it really bothered me. And then the Pacific game, it just until the last phonetic uh, couple of minutes, man, it just seemed like something was going wrong there. Uh, as you diagnose this team, right, I mean, I, we can pick on individuals, but I'm always hesitant to do that at the collegiate level, at the pro level, at this yeah. fair game. But the collegiate level, you know, and they still are college kids. What do you What do you see as being the issues? I, I, here's a couple thoughts. So. One, one thing people need to realize, and, and, and maybe the, 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 the fan doesn't see this, but when, you know, I'll give you a scenario, for instance. If BYU had played UOP at UOP the first game, they would have beaten them quite easily. BYU, the UOP was in kind of a funk. They'd never played them before. Then if they came back to BYU, they'd probably drill them. But the idea that you, they played, UOP actually played, uh, BYU competitively for about 20 minutes. And then eventually BYU took over. But what people don't realize is when you start playing people a second time, and like, I don't care who they are, you've got film, you, you, you can get yourself much more organized, we're down the road. And I, and I think what's happened in both these games, Santa Clara and BYU made defensive adjustments that they didn't make you know, in original games. And I, I thought that the adjustments that they made and, and things that I saw, number one, for BYU was BYU runs a lot of dribble handoff, ball screen action. They they try to turn the corner, go north south, and what ended up happening is in both games, uh, both opponents switched everything. I mean, they switched everything. They gave help, and it forced BYU to kind of go east west all the time and never really be able to go downhill. And and Barcello, who is really adept at that, they doubled him. They doubled him a lot and took the ball out of his hand. So as he's coming off that and coming back off it, he's getting doubled. And all of a sudden, they get out they, they get out of their routine. They get out doing what they feel is comfortable. And because Barcello is so crafty. But when you start doubling them, taking the ball out, it, it, they lose their rhythm. And I, and I think the thing, too, that the first half of the season, you're able to do things and teams make adjustments. But – if you notice those two games, there was no post presence for the most part. I mean, Trey already had like 10 points, but everybody now is fronting them, covering down and doubling, and forcing the ball to go back out. Because if you play Trey already one-on-one and you play behind him, he's so quick and so athletic that he can score over most guys. But all of a sudden, 
he, he got very, very few deep touches throughout that whole game. So now you've taken Traore out of his game, you, you're taking Barcello out of his game, and you're switching everything else, and you're on the road, it is disruptive. And in both of those games, they had kind of the same defensive game plans, and they were very physical, and, 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 and they let them play. You know, and Lucas played good, but, but it, again, it, it gets to a point where they, they lost some confidence. And, you know, you, you, they, I'm, I was just watching and seeing what you expect, and it, it wasn't like BYU was shooting a bad percentage, but they could never get in any kind of flow. And, and that team needs that, you know, and everything works off Burchello. I mean, he, he runs that team, and he's had an amazing year. And, but both those teams took those things away and then, you know, shot it better than they normally do, and then all of a sudden the pressure's on BYU. That being said, that ULP game, I mean, can we get a press breaker, please? I mean, I mean they threw a ball away three or four times in a row and turned it to the doubles. I mean, ULP – as good as they played, it was unfortunate that they gave it all back at the end. And really, I was surprised that BYU didn't end up winning. But I do think that adjustments and playing people the second time make a difference. And, and, and right now, they're, you know, they're not getting the consistency. And, and, and like you said, you know, it's not to pick on players. And, and, but they're, they've got some guys that need to step up. And there's, there's just a loss of confidence, especially on the interior guys. Uh, some of the interior guys, but you know they got a big week this week. It's not going to be easy. They beat USF at their place. Uh, it won't surprise me if BYU beats USF. The, the Gonzaga thing's a whole different animal. But but BYU, I, I know that coaching staff. They're so good, and and they're going to work through this. One of the things that was the classiest things I've heard, and and a lot of guys don't do this. Sometimes coaches tend to blame circumstances or whatever. But Mark Pope didn't have a single excuse took complete responsibility for what happened and felt like I got to be better. And cause he does have a great group of guys who play hard and together and they've had good wins, but uh, this is college basketball. And I know what it feels like, man, your gut just, just hurts all night and day until you can get to play your next game. But hopefully they'll figure some of those things out, but people are going to make adjustments. Okay, I don't want to go all Quinn Snyder on the Cougars, and we got to talk jazz, but last thing here, BYU's lost one game when they give up less than 70 points. They did lose. They gave up 69 and lost Van, uh, Vandy 69-67. But quit giving up 76 and 77 points, and things will go a lot better for you. So, yes, no, 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 no question. No all right, question. let's, let's get to the jazz. Uh, Joe Ingles, that looks like a major injury. We'll hear about the MRI later today. How do they, what players do they have on a roster that you think might be able to replace some or part of what he, what he can do? I know next man up and all that stuff, but, um, and, and partly you do get there by just demanding that from people and then people will up their game. And yet you still have to be tactical. There's skill sets you're looking for. Obviously, he handles the ball. He has a lot of size. He can see over double teams. He hasn't been shooting the three well, but historically he shoots it very well. How did the Jazz attempt to replace him? Well, the first thing you'd like to have happen is that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert will be playing. (laughs) Because once they're on the floor, replacing Joe Ingles is a little bit easier. But when you take Joe Ingles out and you're not playing with Donovan Mitchell and you're not playing with Rudy Gobert, you got got troubles. And and, and you, you look at who they're, I mean, 
they, they've got a really tough schedule. I mean, they, they've gone through some difficult times. And I mean, they're going to play the Nuggets Wednesday. They dropped 136 on the Bucks, and and they're playing really, really well. So they're coming in as a, a very hot team. And uh, then you got the Nets on Friday. So I mean, I think the most important thing here is when is Mitchell coming back, and when is Rudy Gobert comes back? Because no matter what happens with Joe Ingles, if those two aren't playing. It's a struggle, and and I think Clarkson takes a different. I mean, he's going to continue to do what he does off the bench, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to take more shots. He's going to have more of a role. I, I don't know that they have anybody that really just takes Ingles' place. I mean, you've got guys there that have come in and contributed, but I think the bigger problem is getting Mitchell and Gobert back because they're they're you know big block the T Wolves, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Suns. They've had a tough go recently. Zero and four last week. And you're you're missing your best players. It's kind of like okay, and I and I, I think they'll play well against the Nuggets. And uh, but to be honest with you, if, if Gobert and Mitchell are not activated, that's a, that's going to be a really big challenge. No matter who comes out there. So what what's the latest there? You you guys are close to that. Do you see those two coming back? Wednesday Keep night? saying it's close, and they said Gobert was a mild strain, and it's a week now, and then the other one was concussion protocol, which is over a week uh, with Mitchell, so it looks like it's close. Uh, I don't know if it's specifically Wednesday or Friday, and maybe they figure, well, we can give them, basically, if we sit them out Wednesday, we can give them pretty much another whole week. But yeah, everyone's getting nervous now because you're sliding into the standings. And well, yeah, I mean, you can look at it. At the end of the week, they're in sixth place. Things don't, you know, those guys don't come back. I mean, Denver's playing well. Dallas is is playing well. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the Jazz going from fourth to sixth this week if they can't get them back. And it's not. I mean, there's not a lot you can do to control injuries and health and safety protocols. I mean, this NBA season has been so strange and so different than anything I've ever experienced watching. But you're right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where Utah's two and eight at the last ten and and. They've, they've got some tests ahead of them, and, and the Nets will probably have Harden back. And and you know what? I watched the Golden State game, and wow, Kyrie, he, he hasn't really missed a step. That, I mean, he was so good and under control, and uh, so that's going to be a handful on Friday if, uh, if they don't get them back as well because I, I think the Nets with Kyrie and Harden, I mean, obviously KD's not going to play, but that's going to be a challenge. And then, uh, you know, you've got the Warriors coming up. But they got two or three games, and the Knicks and the Magic and the Rockets. Those are the games they can win down the road the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, I, th- I think the key focus is right now Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and, and uh, see, see where that goes. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal when injuries and things of this nature. And this league is so – every night something different is happening. But uh, and, and their schedule has been hard and tough. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I have the answer to that. But they need Mitchell and Gobert back. If they do, they need a good. They need a big win to get their confidence, and hopefully uh, they can turn this thing around. But right now, if they don't come back, you're asking them to do something that I don't think they have the capacity to. I just don't think they have the depth and, and enough difference makers to, to to beat Denver and to beat those teams. Now, I say that, and every night we look at teams that get beat. They go on the road and. And I always have to go down to who was not there, for what reasons, what was the situation. I don't remember usually doing that. But uh, 
Jazz have to work ahead. No question. Steve, as always, we appreciate the time. Happy birthday. Uh, enjoy Thanks. it. Hey, uh, hopefully I'll see you guys Wednesday. All right. We will, uh, we will talk to you again in a week if we don't see you earlier than that. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Steve Cleveland, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, coming up, everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it is time to get you up to date on anything you missed earlier in the show. It's brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. PK, we've discussed many things today, including the Utah Jazz, who are struggling. Now, by next week, as Steve Cleveland was just pointing out, we'll have all their guys together. we got tickets to see the Jazz and the Knicks a week from tonight. I'd assume Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are back by then. If you want to win those tickets right now, be caller 12-855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12 right now. Tickets to see the Jazz and the Knicks. I did think when I saw Mitchell, and you know, I'm on vacation, so I'm, I'm pretty much checked out, but I am looking at Twitter, and I saw Mitchell was listed as questionable pretty questionable close to— twice, and then they removed it to out. Right. And so when I, I thought, well, maybe he's getting close then if he's questionable. It was questionable so, Friday. It was questionable Sunday. Sunday, right. Both later out. And I thought that you know, Sunday, okay, last time he was questionable out, this time he'll be questionable, and, and then it didn't work. He was questionable and out. So I'm assuming we see him Wednesday or Friday. And I wonder with Gobert, it's like, well, this guy has a lot of wear and tear. He's played a lot of minutes. And are you really going to win that much without Donovan? Oh, so it's a package deal? Why not at this point? Hadn't thought about that, but it makes sense. And I got zero sources on that. That's me sitting on the beach looking at Twitter. So take that for what it's worth. Put down Twitter when you're at the beach. That's <laughs> well, what, that I wasn't take that for what it's worth. Okay, I was probably actually in the car driving back while my wife drove for a few hours. We alternated on the way back, and I was checking it out. We alternate. My wife drives for a half hour. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife wants to grind and go longer than that. But my wife was tired. I'm like, you're tired. Just pull over. Are you awake? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. I do 99% of the driving. Oh, really? Yeah, she puts up with so much crap in life. Yeah. If I can ease that burden and give her something to do. Uh, so I do most of the driving there. Yeah. And then, But, of course, while I'm driving, I'm still looking at Twitter. No, you shouldn't, really shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. At stoplights. My wife's like, I'll drive in Utah. I know what's going on. Start getting past that. Like, you know which way you're going and what you're doing. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll go this way or we'll go that way. She doesn't know the Southern California freeways. I do. Uh, I know. You and I do. So I handled all that. I've had a lot of times where the guy behind me will beep at a red light. Oh, yeah. Because I'm looking at my phone, it turns green. <laughs> and you're slow on the uptake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I oh, yeah. great vacation story. Before we get to more depressing jazz and BYU news and everybody losing for a week. So we're, uh, we're, we're visiting her sister down there, and we're staying south, and the sister lives up north. Claudia? All in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia. Okay, we'll go with that. That's a good cover name. Uh, so we're driving, and we're we're just in. We're just getting into downtown San Diego, and well, you not. Went, you went right to the uh, the Gaslight District. It's four. No, it's four lanes, and the fast lane. Old there's town? a car in. What Old Town? We're on I five. We're just past Old Town. Getting well, where were you going? Town. 
Uh, we were staying in Coronado. Oh, okay. And we had been up in Carlsbad. say where you were going. We were, we were in Carlsbad. We're headed down to Coronado. We had rented a place there for a week. So we were going through downtown, and this guy comes zooming up, and you see the lights, and you just know he's moving way too fast. It's and at he's, night? He's on the left. It's at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably 9 o'clock. Okay. And cuts across behind me. I'm in the second. I'm not in the fastest lane. I'm in the second lane, fastest lane. Got it. Cuts over into the lane on the right. So he's now moved two lanes real quick. And I'm doing freeway speeds, which is probably 70. Uh-huh. He's got to be going 10 or 15 miles an hour faster. He's flying. Zooms by. Now there's a slow car in front of him. Cuts back in front of me. And as fast as you can think, why is there never a cop when you wish there was a cop? All of a sudden, another pair of headlights, red and blue lights, nice. weaving with him, gets him right like 200 was yards in front of us. Him? Yes. And my Wasn't wife and my wife is like, that never happens. I love this. A Southern California freeway chase? But he's just chasing a speeder. The guy pulled over. We saw oh, him pull over. Pull. Okay, yeah, he okay. pulled so over. He was busted. They so had it wasn't it. a... No, chase. it wasn't like no, you put was, the chopper in the air in LA. I was waiting for the chopper to show up. More than the chase, he's trying to run him down. I think the cop was somewhere, and the guy blew by him doing 80 whatever. And he didn't see him because it's at night. Right. And then the cop turns on the lights oh, and he's got a haul to get him. Yes, justice! It's like, you're not dinging somebody who was two miles over the limit, and you're not picking one out of 15 cars that were five miles over the limit. That dude was a danger. He was 15 miles an hour faster. Yeah, you're weaving and bobbing and yeah. freeway traffic. And, and going you know, way and where are you going to get? Too you going to get there three minutes earlier? I know. Yeah, going way too fast. Yeah. So speaking, that was awesome. That is. Speaking of police, did you see the, the turnout for Officer Rivera in New York? I did not. Oh, my goodness gracious. It was awesome. I mean, nothing but sea of police in their, in their uniforms. Uh-huh. I mean, as far as the eye can see, and they had a, uh, you can just type in Officer Rivera on Twitter and you'll see it. Okay. And then they had, right as the body was going by, so some helicopter view looking down uh, on one of the streets in New York. I mean, it, it, look, it looked like it went for miles. And Oh, yeah, there it is. Wow. And you could see, wow. so, so it was a crappy weather day because they were having Yeah, yeah, storms. I can see the, the and, stuff falling. And you could see them salute. So you see white, they have white, they all have white gloves on. And as the, the uh, oh yeah, as they go by the yeah, yeah I see, see it. I'm seeing it right now. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so such a tragedy. He's 22 years old, um, and, and we and we can get political on that if we want. Uh, but uh, the uh, amount of support that they rallied for their own, and watching from the helicopter view, I assume it was helicopter. Uh, this just this looks this like it, the video I'm seeing looks like it was shot off the top of a okay maybe, maybe tall building. building yeah but you can see that's probably what it was yeah and you can see them saluting and then all you see all the white going from the mm-hmm. side up to the forehead and, right as they raise the glove in yeah absolutely awesome oh here's another angle wow you can see them further there yeah thousands it looked like oh yeah not certainly. tens of thousands yeah. All right, DJ and PK, time to get you up to speed on everything. So, the Jazz. You're more irritated that people... We've been dealing with levels of PK irritation this morning. You're more irritated that people assume the Jazz are going to bounce back and everything's going to be okay and they're just kind of blown off, losing 11 out of 13. Or you're more irritated with the storyline over the past week about uh, Donovan Mitchell to New York, which just seems insane. Well, that always bugs me. Right, but I didn't know which one bugged you more. Well, that that's the bigger concept. So that's more out there. That's big picture. That that always bugs me mm-hmm. because I just think it's so unfair to people who work so hard 
to make this an accommodating place. And yet, the, and then the people who are here will tell you how good it is. Joe Ingles has said it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been any other place, but he's talked to people, blah, blah, he's blah. He's talked to teammates coming through. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and they cater to every single And thing. he knows Australians all over the league. It's just a lack of disrespect that bugs me. So that's that issue. And, and an Eastern Conference scout, somebody's son. <laughs> Here, Bobby, go watch the, uh, the Patriot League. Mm-hmm. And maybe once every 50 years, we'll get a David Robinson. <laughs> nice. Good Patriot League poll right there. <laughs> now I'm going to Google Patriot League in the NBA. Right? Is Navy in a Patriot League in basketball? <laughs> you know, it changes all the time. Well, I have a hard enough well, time maybe, following Maybe football. they move since another in the AAC. Uh, uh, Army plays on. in the Patriot League. Uh, Navy did move into the yeah, AAC okay. hoops. I, mean, uh, I think the Utes played Navy once in an NCAA tournament. They did. And, and yeah. so that's why I had Patriot. I think it was yeah. down in Tucson. They did, yeah. I, I was down there for that. Speaking of that, my Alex Jensen representing jazz coaching. That was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've known he's obviously been a coach. Oh, but. you went for the... Okay, so there's uh, seven guys, six guys since David Robinson out of the Patriot League. Yeah, but nothing like CJ McCollum. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah. A nice player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you remember Donald Foyle? Uh, okay. He had a good run with, though. Mm. It was in late 13 years. But he's okay. Yeah. But that's a good. If you're in the league oh, 10 years. But that doesn't, doesn't mean you're a great, great he player. He was not a but, great player. But he, he was okay. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, that always bugged me. I just, I'm nervous about the Jazz because I don't think you can assume that when these guys come back, everything's going to be great because we're basing it on well, what they did before. But then we say, well, they're the last team to be besieged, which that meant that they were playing other teams that were besieged. And they were. They and, did. And I, I think what's going to flush out is we're going to find out this season uh, most teams, if not all teams, have been besieged. Suns have had some injuries too. You know, they played without two starters. Now it's not the most crucial starters. And when they came here we, uh, last week, they were without their first two centers. And they had to put in Biombo, who's been a nice find for them, picked them up out of nowhere. Uh, because they had Aiton and McGee were both out when Suns came in here. And then those guys did give them a good game. The first quarter was an abomination, but then otherwise. It's actually been fun for me to watch all these other guys play and just see these fresh faces out there. I talked to Joe uh, last Thursday, and I said, do you see yourself in a Trent Forrest and uh, who's the second round? Butler, those and types of And the answer is, of course, going to be yes. Well, he said actually somebody like a Trent Forrest, you know, they were ahead of him because he didn't get there until he's 27. Uh-huh. Uh, they are trying to make their mark at a much younger age, obviously. Uh, but still, fi- and, and, and uh, Pascal... He did play a little bit. I asked him when they go to lift weights, does Pascal just go outside and bench automobiles? I mean, he just seems like he's the strongest dude I've ever yeah. seen, man. He does. <laughs> he is so He's powerful. so good going to the hoop. And there's yeah. got to be a and, and part of that is he's good. And part of that is there's got to be some other NBA players like, I don't really yeah, want to Yeah, he's, get in front he's of him. Mack Truck, dude. Yeah. And maybe he steps up in uh, Ingles' absences. So I just don't, I don't assume anything at the pro level and so I can't assume that they're just going to go win 15 out of 20 with uh, Mitchell and Gobert back I I hope so but I just can't assume it but after getting the best record in the NBA this year has felt more than ever like it's about the playoffs 
Yeah, and maybe There's we're just going to find out everything is so whack this year with protocols and whatnot, and that we get to where we are, uh, where we need to be uh, protocol-wise in April, and then it's good to go. Although the Jazz won't be at full strength because there's no way Ingles is playing. Doesn't look like it. We don't have the But there's probably going to be other teams that are going to be in that situation to one right. degree or another, so somebody's going to be hurt. And if they're not hurt, they're going to get hurt. I don't know who well, it is. <clears throat> the Lakers, it, man, if you're the Lakers, you got to be nervous. LeBron has swelling in his knee. It's been persistent, and it isn't because of any one incident. Well, that just screams a guy who's played more than 50,000 minutes in the NBA who's beat whatever is left of the cartilage in his knee to a pulp. I mean, that just screams that. There's no incident, yeah. and it's persistent, and he leaves the team and flies home. Well, that's not good. So, to your point, yeah, there are other teams struggling with stuff. I, I don't see how the Nuggets are going to be 100% healthy. I don't think they need to be, though, to be dangerous that in a series. That is awesome for them and scary for whoever has to play them. I'm just speaking in individual series. I'm yeah. not speaking four series to get to the finals and sure. win it. Uh, but when you've but got the, a player of the caliber of you-know-who. but the Right. The, the Joker is awesome. The... Uh, the question with the Jazz in October, November, December, they were winning, but they weren't playing the elite teams in the league. And the question is, well, they're three right now. Even if they get to two, it's going to be a hard second-round matchup. Are they good enough to get out of the second round? Right now, it looks like no. Right now, it looks like no. But I'm not going to assume anything. But that was, I don't assume good or bad. That was the question in October, November, December. It's going to be the question in March and April. Until it's more they of a question do it. now. It's more of a right. question than it's been. Right now, I think there's Today. people questioning whether they can get out of the first round. But we're, we're, we're in the depths of right now. I know. You know, let's get post-All-Star break. Maybe they still make a move. I don't know. And maybe they make their team better. We'll have to see. Uh, and the Suns are flying high, man. They're just incredible. They're they're they were great last year in the postseason, obviously, but they're better. I am stunned that they're better, significantly better. A team that goes to the finals, significantly better. How many times has that happened? Jazz weren't significantly better the second year they went to the finals. I think what you're seeing with the Suns, though, is Sloan always used to hammer this that in the second and even third years together. Guys get used to playing together. They react more quickly. It just and that team, yeah, they've had still, a lot. Okay, so lot maybe last year was the shock that they went to the finals, and this year isn't the shock that they're better. If you want to go on that theory, maybe if they're significantly better, I think they are. Then that's a shock. But if they're incrementally better, because now I they've had time I think together, significantly better. That makes sense. I think they're significantly better. They've put together several streaks. You know, they're on one right now. I think it's 8-9? No, it's 10 now. Okay. It's 10-game yeah, winning streaks in the league are impressive. They are. And they are 40-9. and nine. So when you're winning over 80% of your yeah, games, that's off the when charts. you're on a 65, 66, 67 win pace, you're really good. Yeah. And I guess that's where, you, that's where you got people is they went to the NBA Finals last year, and lots of people may have thought they were good, but who came out, planted the flag in opening nine, and said, man, I bet the Suns win 65 games. Now, they aren't there yet. they got to win 25 more. But they're clipping along at a pretty good pace here. I did not expect that. So you combine the way the Jazz are going now with 
the probability of them playing Phoenix in the second round is like, oh, yikes. But as the Jazz drop like a rock through the standings here, losing 11 of 13, to some degree you expect them to right the ship. I mean, right now, they're, definitely. right now they are as close to a play-in spot, seventh place. They're as close to seventh as they are to third. Now, I expect that to change. But that hasn't really been the question all year. The question is, can they get out of the second round and get to a conference final for the first time since the D. Will Boozer group did it, which is their only conference final since the statues. Hmm? And then obviously once you're in a conference final, now you're now how much further can you get and can you win the title? But first things first, it's been 15 years. Can you get to a conference final? It's going to be real tough. <laughs> we talked a little BYU today. Man, I was like the last person was saying they're too small. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. They're going to blow a bunch of road games. When they won the USF game, they were so far into the tournament and all the computer projections, and they looked so good. Man, they went out and blew two games. Now, I still think they're way into the tournament. Okay, I'd agree. They could lose to USF at home. We'll see. They will lose to Gonzaga at home. I would be stunned if they win that game. I was pithed. But I don't think they really get penalized oh, in the whole ter- to, no, for losing to Gonzaga. No, not at that's all. Just, so that's not a big deal. So the question no. is, they, they, do have you, a, they have to go to St. Mary's still. You probably get uh, a better power ranking just playing Gonzaga. That, could, that is not impossible, right? <laughs> just play a decent game against them and they could lift you up. Yeah. They do have to go to St. Mary's and they have USF at home. But even if they lose both oh, those tough. games, I know. But they're so far into the tournament right now. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, but then, then you know, if Do you, you mess if you, up other games on well, top. Well, I'm thinking down in Vegas. You so you're not you don't get that buy that they've got in so the you Monday. Your, you win your quarterfinal game, well, you lose but, your semi. But, okay, but maybe maybe on a Saturday somebody gets hot. Well, that would suck. This is basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Somebody all of a sudden gets you know shoots uh, seven of eleven from three, whatever. You know, it's not outrageous. I mean, the West Coast Conference is not the Big 12, but it's also not 1A basketball either. We can get uh, Ken Pomeroy on, but right now, even after these losses, he's got BYU at 28. And just to see if he was, you know, an outlier or whatever, I clicked on Sagger, and he had him at 31. Well, I want to wait until after this week. I, I get it, but you're pretty far into the tournament at that point. But this yeah, is what I thought could but, happen to them. But it shouldn't have happened. No, I no, agree. It shouldn't, no. I agree. It no. shouldn't have you happened. Got, you got the ball, There's, and you're up four under 30 seconds on the road. It's not exactly a, a hostile environment. Yeah. Uh, but Santa Clara's a decent team. I'll give them that. Sendek is he's a solid coach. But still, man, you have got to freaking close it out. Come on, man. Quit missing free throws when they matter the most. Don't throw the ball away. And neither Steve Cleveland and I wanted to mention it, but Loner's got to step it up. We're, yes. we're hesitant to crack on him. There but was a they're lot not of, getting near enough out of his skill set. There's a lot of hype for him and for a team that and there should have struggles been. for scoring at times. He ought to be giving you something in transition, off offensive well, rebounds. Just get your butt inside. Buckets. Forget the three. You're like 5 of 37. I could go 5 of 37 today, and I haven't played a ball, played a game of basketball since my famous hook shot five years ago. That was it? You ran up the tunnel and retired? (laughs) I probably have, but I don't recall. They probably had a few more workouts since then. Uh, But they got to get more out of that young fella. He's got to get his mind right and get down there and bang, Yach. You know what I'm saying? 
Look at me, man. You know what I'm saying, Yak? You agree with me, don't you? Because you're I a BYU expert. I do agree with you. They need to get more from him. There's no yeah, doubt. that was all stalling to get attention. DJ to get your attention. Valentine's Day is coming <laughs> soon. Take care of that special person in your life with flowers from Jimmy's Flowers. Order early for the best selection at jimmysflowers.com or visit them in Bountiful, Leighton, or Ogden. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Thrive Appliance. Every day is like a holiday sale at Thrive Appliance. Save 40 to 70% off name brand appliances. Thrive is receiving truckloads of new inventory every day. Visit thriveappliance.com to shop their updated inventory. The hypocrisy and the lying that was on display in the last commercial break. You guaranteed us earlier this morning that you were not going to speak to Jake. He, He drew me in. You broke down that easily? You're that mentally soft? No. You said, no. I said, you're going to talk to me, Yawk? Bye. No, and I will. And then Yawk's out there, 30 seconds. I'm talking to Jake. I need more than 30 seconds. Always under one condition. If I can get a free argument without any repercussions, that supersedes everything. And we were That is the first law of PK. Yeah, right. (laughs) Now, if he would have just said hi, I would. You would have stonewalled that? Yeah. But he drew but me into an But because he argument. gave you candy. Yeah. Well, your candy, yeah. not real people's candy. Real people's candy involves chocolate. If we can argue about sports, which has no bearing on life, <laughs> absolutely. He is a huge you honk, by the way. You have totally gotten me on board with that. <laughs> what they were arguing about that there was he's like, the story is turning the season around. I mean, you made it, or Kyle made a huge mistake that cost them a shot at the playoff. Like, they weren't going to the playoff. A, they're a Pac 12 team. Nobody wants a Pac 12 in the playoff. B, BYU what, you beat them on Feinbaum? the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum said Paul. it. He didn't want him in. That Paul's a great example. He didn't want him in. So, okay, but they that only beat him at the line loss. of scrimmage. And then they lost to Oregon State with That's him. two losses. Yeah. They're not getting in. Mm-hmm. If you want to argue it cost them the San Diego State game, it cost him the San Diego State game. I'm with you. That was one play to win that game. And if he'd been in the first half, he'd have made a couple plays and they'd have won the game. So I'm with you on the San Diego State game. He could have turned that around. And if, if Cam had stayed healthy, they beat Ohio State. See? Because look at that backup. He didn't do anything. <laughs> well, except for the touchdown pass that tied the game. That's yeah. storyline. No. It, well, they should, well, were they, were, were were they blew it up? was not turning him loose to drive earlier. No. Oh. They should have played him at quarterback and cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> they put the wrong guy at corner. <laughs> Not right. Bernard. They should have had Rising do it. <laughs> rising. That would be awesome. <laughs> the quarterback just like comes jogging back out of the field. The broadcast team is like, Fowler's up there. What are they doing? Rising just lines up. That's where he screwed up. We didn't have to know what the hell he's talking about. Give me your no. best receiver. Yeah. I'll take oh, it. yeah. What's the face? Who's the, the kid had like 900 yards of receiving in that game? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't put him on the ace. Maybe just. Just give him the Hall of Famer's son. Give him Marvin Harrison. Oh, okay, yeah. Not, not like he wasn't in the end zone. Put him at D-line. Put more pressure on Shroud. <laughs> <laughs> Rising. Just picking up a 300-pounder, throwing him out of the way. Bench Lloyd. Put Rising QB in the QB at, at linebacker. QB on QB crime. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I, I told you that guy was special. Yeah, Did I awesome. not? That'd be awesome. Hey, do, we have, do we have time for feedback now? Or that nonsense <laughs> waste the whole segment? Cody, this one hurts. Joe is the epitome of a jazz man. It really is. I get it, man. It sucked. It sucked. I, I, it was a pit of stomach thing. 
when you, I was watching it live. I'm flicking back and forth, but I happened to be back on the Jazz at that moment, not the uh, NFL game. I saw it live, and it was obvious. You saw his knee buckle in an awkward fashion, and you thought, he's done. Does he ever come back because he's 34 years of age? These are all the things that flash through your mind. I thought, and it's Joe Ingles, the ultimate success story. I thought, if that's an ACL, and they haven't announced it yet, but if that's yeah. what they announced, zero people are going to be surprised. We got ACL tweets all over Twitter looking at that video. I tore my ACL, and it looks but, like that, said everybody. The world is better medically, so maybe you know right. has an opportunity. But it's late enough in this season, and it goes into next season. To your point, he's a free agent, and at some point, he's going back to Australia. Did this just hurry everything up? Now that's a lot to put on when you're just but it, sitting but it all there went the, through your mind in the second quarter watching a game. So let's not put the cart before the horse here. But it did, go through, it. it did go through everybody's mind. Yeah, and I don't want it to have happened to him. Josh, would it kill Donovan to just come out and put a stop to these stupid rumors? Well, maybe the rumors aren't stupid. No, it wouldn't kill him. Yeah, but it but be when you have options in life, who wants to slam doors? Shit, I almost think it's embarrassing to ask Donovan Mitchell to address an, an anonymous Eastern Conference scout. <laughs> now you're just chasing everything down. Yeah, where does it end? Once you go, once you go yeah. down that road, where's it end? You're going to be doing that for the next three years? No, thank you. I think it's unfair to even pose that question. And how does he know what's going to be there in three years? Jerry Sloan said about everybody who became a free agent, they earned the right to be a free agent. Mm -hmm. True story. All right, we're out of time. Jake is coming up next. He's going to tell you all about the playoff. Ben will be here to keep him in line. Stay with us. I'm going to tell him right now.